called lcc um well no oh. you're called the lcc okay, yeah yeah that's that's what yeah. i was looking for okay i got it yep 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 okay awesome all right so five four three two one what's good y'all i'm tony and i'm sid and welcome to not your magical negro podcast where we'll be taking a deep dive into black fantasy and horror dissecting shows and movies through a black and queer lens this season we continue to explore lovecraft country a show where the horrors and reality of racism are more frightening than any creature or monster from our imaginations uh i mean mm. fucking mm. fucking god it's Fucking damn, this episode. We say it every time, but I'm just like, but but it's true this time too. Like, like I don't, like I can't even. This time too. This time is, I mean, this time especially. And this I time mean, especially. we had, we, we had talked, you know, Sid and I had our own little uh, freeform discussion right before hopping on here. And I mean, one of the things uh, Sid, you said was that uh, the first time around, I mean, I think we can both agree. I mean, we was both just bawling our eyes out. Like, I mean, I, I a bitch shot. was crying. A bitch was crying, okay? <laughs> a bitch was crying. Like, the, the first time, no, yeah, like, ugly, like, Viola Davis, ugly crying. Like, Not I, and everything. Like, yeah, like, out the nose. Viola from Fences. <laughs> Viola from Fences, uh, specifically, okay? What about? life that's, that's, I, i'm not i'm not even i'm not even fucking with you that was that was the visuals for the first time around we ever watched this but this time around it was i mean nothing takes away from the first time i honestly this is one of those episodes where i wish i could like erase my memory of the entire episode and watch it for the first time oh, um, first reactions no i 100 first reactions weird absolutely but this time around it was so much more profound because it's about uh, identity and uh, specifically the Black identity, the Black experience. To be a Black woman, which I'm really excited to uh, pick your brain about this episode because, I mean, again, uh, I'm not a Black woman, just to confirm to everybody. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's okay. We got one here. We got yeah, a no, we, we definitely do. We have a vivacious, beautiful uh, a chocolate musketeer Nubian queen. Ashe, yes, Ashe, yes. Ashe. Queen Hadassah is what I know. <laughs> <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Uh, but anyway, I'm excited to hear uh, your perspectives because I mean, you know, you that's that's going to be a whole another something else. But oh, 100%. And episode seven is called I Am. But like even the titles, like I, I hate the I am out about the artistry every little tiny step of the way. And I know it sounds like I am sucking Misha Green's dick, but I wish I could. Oh, listen, from the back, that too, from uh, the back, but, absolutely. With, like with, with pleasure. Well, I want to talk about too, just for a quick second. I mean, the power in the title, I am. And I mean, there's so many plays on that, like, um, I forgot who said it, but, you know, I think therefore I am. 
uh, which highlights being a human, which is really has a lot to do with this episode. There's also the biblical significance behind it, uh, which is the way God introduces himself. I am that I am when he meets Moses on the Mount. So when we see this mirrored again, even when Jesus says, I am in the New Testament, he is saying, I am God. So just that phrase is just such a heavy hitter. Just I am, because I mean, yo, like that's, yeah, no, go ahead. I thought that the, 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 the significance, even just in, in the, in the title itself, because it's a full sentence. It can begin a whole paragraph, a soliloquy, a poem. Like it was, like it, it was just, it was just so perfect. It's, inf it's infinite. You, it's, do you see what I'm saying? It's infinite, and which is another theme of this episode, right? And I, and another thing that I really loved the fact that you did just mention that it does come from the Bible, because in my mind all the time I'm always thinking the black woman really is God. Period. And the fact that they're able to go ahead and actually use the same words to go ahead and, and actually see Hippolyta transform and metamorphosize and the way that she's going to was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That transformation. I mean, there's, and even breaking it down now, as we're doing right now, I'm, I'm seeing how much more heavy and significant just that is to this episode and it makes my heart so full that it was an exploration of Hippolyta's character. Um, oh, and she was, and she's a character that I think the show did a good job at showing she had depth and there was things going on with her. But mm -hmm. I loved that they treated a quote unquote side character uh, as such a full fleshed, fully, like, I mean, like, I don't even want to say three-dimensional, fucking 5D type Bro, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like infinite. Like, some like, other dimensional type some shit. Some other dimensional shit. Yeah. There are, but there's two enough for me real. to be like, It was too real. It was too real. Misha Green, my, if I was wearing a hat, hats off to you, girl, because. Listen, uh, listen like the, 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 just, just the pure artistry. Artistry. And episode seven is, uh, like we said, called I Am. And this episode holds a special place in our hearts for me because it's all about identity, like you said, Black identity. Um, and one of the things that I did want to mention before we went ahead and we dove in deep and get started, like I really loved not just the pacing of this episode, but it felt like every single piece belonged there and every single piece was important. And I noticed that happens in every single episode. And I do not see that in TV enough. There is always a filler. There is always something that don't mean shit. There's always some shit that you don't even have to care yes, about. To know yes, what's going on. Yes. And I just want to say, my God, the the time. The time. God. The time, <laughs> the time that was put into this and, and, and into these characters to breathe, to breathe life the way that they did into this was was something that I, and it's like you said, there is no episode of this that was filler. Every episode was so significant and important. Um, and I think it did a great job at giving this ensemble cast just uh, depth and range. And I don't know, they just they just felt so real. And again, within this genre, which I mean, for those of y'all who don't know, I mean, this is the really the thing that inspired me and Sid to create this podcast, because it's not just the depth and the range and emotion, because obviously there's there's so many black films and and, and shows and movies, um, books that have all of these things. 
But what makes it so special for me is seeing this within the genre that it does, which is like a horror sci-fi and this fantasy kind of element. That is what makes this so special for me. You know, I mean, for both of us, actually. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, so that's, yeah. Continue with your uh, next part. I just want to say, Ingenue Ellis. Ingenue Ellis. Uh, Let me tell you something. Ingenue Ellis. Ingenue Ellis. From Undercover Brother. From oh, the my God. Sisters, the Yo. Oh, my God. That's us. All right. I you the- really, when I tell you she ate down, I mean, Ooh. like, I mean, ate oh. down on this one. Like, I mean, just ate down. I, I mean, even prepared. down to, well, we'll get, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I was like, yo, I don't know how I forgot that this was this good. Like, oh. I mean, I remind you, granted, I remember that episode was fire because I was like, I can't wait to do Holy Ghost and I'm Hippolyta because I remember those episodes stood out to me and were just burned right. into my, <laughs> my, my psyche. But I mean, even the episode when uh, she is in uh, the, the speakeasy with Josephine Baker. And she says, so tell me, Miss Hippolyta. And she says, I am Hippolyta. Just the way she said that, the chill that went down my neck, I'm like, yo, just ingenue. She just, oh my God. Just, just, oh my God. Such artistry. Every line was delivered with such artistry. and Masterful. That's masterclass right there. That is masterclass. Bruh. With Michael K. William, uh, but listen, uh-huh. I, it's just too many. It's just too many. But we gonna we we gonna hop into it. Absolutely, but yeah. So I mean, this episode really highlights uh, what it means to be black and a person, and how being black honestly sometimes can even feel like a hindrance in the context of identity. I mean, who are we when we're when we're free to be ourselves without any limitation? And I mean, that exists in ways that are so close to home in many ways for us because again as black people we're not a monolith and i mean even if you're the for example the anime black kid you know it's you're exiled and shunned a lot of times within the black community um and you know if you're into anything that i guess is not mainstream or deviates from what stereotypically is expected i guess and again it's not to say like if you're into hip-hop culture nothing like that like there's anything wrong with you nobody i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is we we have to we what we have to focus on is not alienating our own for not liking that i mean the same way that white people and any other people could have a range of personalities and interests i don't see why black people can't the same way and we really see that explored with uh hippolyta because again they ask that question who are we who are you without the hindrance of of your of your skin of 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 anything just no blocks in your way a hundred percent and as one of those like goth black kids (laughs) Or the goth black, or the goth black kids. You know, yes, that yes. I, as as one of the goth black kids, are like, why are your nails black? Are you a witch? It's so crazy. <laughs> like, fast forward to now, <laughs> the answer. Well, to actually, but, yes. <laughs> but um, maybe it was onto something, <laughs> right? Uh, but it was just like you know the studded belts and listening to rock music, and and it, and it sucked being questioned by both halves. It was so it was just more violently questioned on the white side, but you saw like the alienation and the box they were trying to put me in, like, oh, whether, you know, that like the whole, you know, just, just the whole black enough thing. Um, but right. then you would also see kids who were um, the uh, black goth kids that wanted nothing to do with black people. 
Right. It's, so so I understood why there was just right. like you can't you 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 not invited. <laughs> I well, I understand like, why the invitation was not sent. Right. Is that no absolute no? It, it's 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 definitely and it's it's a complex issue for 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 sure. But um, the overall, I guess the arching, I, I guess like theme of it is is still just the ability to even be that. Yes. Um, you know, if, and, and still, again, it falls into the black enough category or even the respectable Negro trope. <laughs> respectable Negro Especially trope. the respectable Negro trope. The respectable, which Hippolyta breaks out. down in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, episode seven shows us the complexities and beauties of the black experience, uh, excellence and the intelligence and resilience and the strength of the black woman. I am Hippolyta is about strength and this and stands to be one of the greatest pieces of the black imagination. Ain't it the fucking truth? You ate with that. Um, <laughs> no, no, seriously, I just want to say I don't I mean, it, 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 it was. I mean, tell me no. Tell me no. Like, no I was. I, if anybody disagrees, yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, jump into uh, the episode. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm so excited to get into this. So if we remember the last uh, few cutscenes of the last episode, we will remember that Hippolyta needs answers and has no kind of satisfaction about the way that people say that Uncle George died, right? And we open the scene yeah. with Hippolyta is studying the orrery. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, and, and then all of a sudden we flash to like, oh, three days before, and we see Hippolyta is literally rummaging through the rubble of Artem where everybody escaped, well, except for Uncle George, but where everybody just like escaped from a little while RIP Uncle George. Right, RIP. Um, and then she's she's literally rummaging through the rubble. Now, and, and remember, this is the one it's, it's collapsed for the second time, but we'll get into that later. Now, Hippolyta is going through the rubble and finally finds a piece um, of Uncle George that is... Um, Uncle, which is Dee's comic, Orinthia Blue, and she finds it all fucked up and in pieces and shit. And I'm mm -hmm. not even gonna lie, I'm such a baby. I got misty-eyed at that. I'm like, damn, he <laughs> gone for real. Yo, I'm a Pisces for real. Leave me alone, okay? It's Leave okay. One of one of us. What you're my emotional outlet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> so. Now um, we go back to Hippolyta during current times where she is still trying to make the orrery work. Um, and I just love to see Anjanelle Ellis in this role as this mm. brilliant scientist. Mm. I'm just so excited to be able mm. to see it. Like she gets an idea and she decides like, I have to tilt the planet's base and how they rotate on their axis. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this bitch a scientist, nigga. Mm -hmm. You can tell me nothing about this. Oh, but, all right. But, but I'm like, just listening to her, her intelligence yeah her oh. intelligence was honestly such a such a delight to, to to be able to like indulge in like because i mean we learned later on that she memorized that book of equations yes. so i mean this was an episode where we really saw i mean this is why this is uncle george's wife because i right. mean she, yeah I, I and you know what? <clears throat> i'm really glad that you said that um, I'm very glad this is Uncle George's Uncle George's wife because we oh, have, yeah. we we have always um, looked at his brilliance and kind of framed her brilliance alongside his because mm -hmm. they're married and they're together. Mm -hmm. And this episode let us see that this woman surpasses 
Uncle George. Oh, um, uh, oh listen, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hands fucking down surpasses Uncle George. I, Talk I about mean, marrying up. I No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you even saw when, when she was explaining, like I broke it down, I memorized these equations. Uncle George looks stunned, like the man was too stunned to speak type shit. <laughs> and, yeah, he was just too stunned. <laughs> But I, I, but I, but I'm just really glad that you said that. So now, um, like I said, now of course, um, it's finally lighting up. It's turning around. It's working. This orrery is finally working. And I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing right now. This same woman who had actually named a constellation, who wasn't even able to be actually named as the a face of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She comes in the body and in the gender that she comes in and just watching her work and seeing like why she deserved it in the first place was just, just amazing. Right. Um, now she finally gets it to open and inside there's a key. And when she lifts it out, like underneath it says, every beginning is in time, every limit of every limit of is extension of space. Uh, yes, now- yes. She finds that she's she finds that slot in the key, which I actually uh, wrote down here too in my notes. Nice. Uh, it comes from um, a philosopher, a German philosopher named uh, Immanuel Kant, and uh, that is the beginning part of it. The next part of that is space and time. However, exist in the world of sense only. Hence, phenomena are the only limited in the world conditionally. The world itself, however, is limited neither conditionally nor unconditionally, which I think is just an Easter egg into what we were going to see in the rest of that episode, which was exploring the infinite, you know, the the infinite possibilities. No, 100%. So, beautiful detail there. That no, Beautiful seriously, detail I'm so there. glad yeah. that you looked that up. Like that's why, that's why, that's why you're here. Listen, this is this, this this is why we this, this is why no, our yeah. dynamic works. Exactly. I did not write that down at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, now we flip to a scene where Ruby is looking at dead ass William, nigga looking pale. All right. Oh, and you didn't think it was possible to look more pale than he did, but I'm surprised every time. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, these S- these FX people are amazing because he <laughs> translucent before. And now I'm just like, oh, this is ghostly. This is, this is, this is ghostly. So, and, then, mean, yeah. and of course um, she, he's all hooked up to like, almost looks like a dialysis machine, like blood just filtering through and shit. And then, <laughs> yeah. on, the other, yeah. and then on the other side, you got the, um, the same white bitch that uh, Ruby was wearing. Oh yeah, I actually okay. put here in my notes, uh, William and Scary White Lady. That's, <laughs> that's you the, the Ruby though, but yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, now, I'm very upset when I say that I, I'm, I'm, I, when I'm looking at this scene, because you see Christina all covered in blood and shit, I don't give a fuck. And obviously- <laughs> I'm just I, mad I, it wasn't hers. Her bro- you know what? I got excited for a second. I was like, oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. I thought something went terribly wrong. I got too excited. Never mind. You're still yeah. okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, obviously Ruby is upset that everything that she's actually experienced with him hasn't exactly been, you know, true. Um, and Christina says, well, some things have been true. Captain Lancaster absolutely tried to kill William, but he actually succeeded. And then Ruby's like, so you doing this for an ex-boyfriend, for a jilted lover? This is what you doing this for? 
Right. Um, so you find out that the, okay, yeah. Let's let's take a let's take a quick time out here. Please. All of this, I don't I don't feel enough outrage was given to this because I was just kind of like, well, you you mean to tell me that all of this is an elaborate novella revenge plot? Like, is that what this is to you, Christina? Like, is this, is this like all of this is a revenge plot? Yeah. Uh, Playing with yeah. people's lives like she Barnum and Bailey or some shit. Like I just, just like she she don't give a fuck. I just think yeah right exactly. I, I it, it was just it, it was just like oh. <laughs> but I mean that's the thing with Christina and I mean certain mm. um, demographics is a lot of times you're often just a pawn in something greater that they're trying to achieve, and that's why when uh, Christina tells her uh, in a in a second here, you know, uh, I basically I never faked my feelings for you. I don't fucking buy it, and I don't know if we've said this before in other episodes. I think we did. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna say it one more time here <laughs> just to really solidify this. If you think that Christina loves Ruby in any true capacity, it is my deepest. <laughs> deepest advice that you seek therapy because <laughs> and that you deserve real love that's not and that you is. deserve real and love you know I mean? and you know, yeah exactly <laughs> and you need help identifying toxic relationships and you know that's a whole other kind of worms but anyway I'm, I'm mostly joking but no really it there's there's no love between christina and ruby i'm not fucking buying it and if At you all. really again if you really think that christina loved ruby uh, i don't i don't know i don't know what to say there's a lot to unpack i think it's one of those i don't think we can even talk about <laughs> one of those make it make it make it make an appointment but it's okay. <laughs> book your book your next appointment you know what i mean you know what i mean okay so Christina tries to explain, yes, but it's so much more than that, sure it is, um, that her father was a leader of a clan called the Ancient Dawn and that they don't let women in. And Christina begged her grand wizard ass daddy to go ahead and teach, <laughs> you, how to, teach you how to also do fucking white hat. <laughs> right? Not grand wizard. No, nah, like there was, there was yeah. a meme that I saw all the time and it said, it said, White girls be like, we are the granddaughters of the witches you couldn't burn, but really they're the granddaughters of uh, grand wizards. Ah! <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, they're not ready. I was like, they're not ready for this one. They're not ready for this one. <laughs> oh, that must have hurt them. Um, so, and then she said, "Well, the more," um, and then she she he, she tried to get him to teach her uh, teach her any kind of th all of the magic and shit, and the um and he refused. And the more Christina learned, the more she realized that she was aiming really low, just trying to get her daddy's acceptance. Oh no, no, no! Uh, doesn't it sound like a white <laughs> wants to bring home a black guy like she just wants to upset her parents? You know what I'm Yo, like? you know, I'm glad you said that because honestly, it's giving that energy. Like, it's very much giving that energy, and that's what makes me again. I, I, I feel like whatever she's got with Ruby is like a weird rebellion thing that she's doing to like oh, just, you know, what I'm gonna do everything that would upset my father. Like, I feel like honestly, yeah, like that ass. Like, I feel like that is the I, that is the mission that this that this deranged white woman is on, and, and honestly, I mean, like that that's 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 what's going on here. You can't convince me otherwise. 
That's why I, I am I am very anti Christina Ruby. I don't ship that. Do not bring that. Don't you post that in our comments. I'll block you. No. no, <laughs> no. If, if anybody says relationship goals, I'm going to find. <laughs> oh God. I'm going to find your. IP. I hope I never. I hope I never, ever see one of us post anything that says that. Uh, we're fighting on site. I don't care what you look like. We're fighting on site. Absolutely. Um, so. so. No, she says that she perfected William's spell. Because remember, William was like this um, th this uh, scientist who had been laughed, uh, laughed out of academia or whatnot. And she, <laughs> bruh, just like, just, 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 just the making of a mass shooter. It's okay. The making of a mass shooter. It's all good. Um, and, um, and that's how she came up with the skin changing shit. And Ruby says, yes, you can do anything you want. Like, fuck as a man. And I was like, what? Mm. And let's like, do it all the time. I never lied about anything I said to oh you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was like, girl. Now here's, yes, now, the here's body I kind of want to. I kind of want to ask a question now because they continue this sexual thing they got going on. I think, if I remember correctly. If I remember correctly. But, but you film is it this, though. Is this film it though? True. True. Is this? Would you consider this? A. a queer relationship i consider this a fucking mistake <laughs> she's like no 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 maybe i wasn't clear i consider this a red flag i don't no, know like, this, <laughs> i don't even it, it needs no other labels than no <laughs> yeah. like, that's that 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 that's that's literally all it needs right See, i and only I'm, no, go, go ahead even when christina's talking she's like the body, the body was Williams, but the words were hers. And I'm like, this spider back bitch. Don't this sound like an episode of Catfish with Neve and Max back in the day when it'd be like, listen, the words were mine, but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the picture wasn't real, but and that, but that's no. But jokes aside, that's why I asked because I mean, my answer I I feel is no, but a part of me is wonders, and maybe I'm thinking too deeply into Ruby's character, but. I'm kind of wondering, she obviously has some type of feelings for William, but then now she's learned it's Christina. So to continue the relationship after that, it's like, so is she in love with William or is she in love with Christina? I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like she was in love with who made her feel special. Mm. Damn, Sid, why you always got into this? Bruh, <laughs> she was, and I'll be honest with you, as a pansexual woman, mm -hmm. um, taking the glasses off. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I need people to understand that when it's just souls that you are attracted to, like I've never, like even in when I thought that I was straight, all of a sudden I was in a relationship with a trans person. Like we mm. started kissing and then all of a sudden this nigga leave and then call me on the phone. It was just like, I wasn't born a male. And I was just like, oh shit, I thought you was gonna say that you had like a baby mama or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can deal with that. That's fine. I was yeah. like, that's not even like my favorite thing anyway. Like that's not, like, uh, that's yeah, not even yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the, at the end of the day, when you're like attracted to a soul and it doesn't mm -hmm. even matter what else is attached I, I when i say that shit is it's it's powerful that shit is a hundred percent powerful for real for real that's really interesting i mean i guess ruby is our unofficial pansexual queen 
So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. The way she made that switch without asking too many questions. That's, but that's why I'm saying, like, she was just kind of like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm, sounds good. I'm just saying. Um, so of course Ruby now demands to go ahead and know everything, and she and we supposed to guess that Christina Christine is actually going to tell her that this shit. But okay, um, so now I roll no side eye, side eye. <laughs> stop, stop. Um, now, now we flip to um, a scene where we see Atticus's ancestor. Um, running through that uh, first Artem house that burned down. And um, and remember how it was Atticus that was having the nightmares? Now right, we have right. Letty waking. Letty having the nightmares, exactly. yes. Letty is now having this nightmare and um, this, and she's pregnant and she just burned herself alive. I was like, well, God damn, that's a fucked up way to wake up. Um, now, I mean, my God. Listen, and you know, right after the dream, they do such a perfect job for, of making us feel like, oh, this bitch pregnant. Like, well, like we are like, oh, okay, all right. They this do. Uh, I was like, so, so Tix fishes swimming. I see, I see you. Tix got some swimmers. That's what's up. He's got some swimmers. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Eating fruits and vegetables. But now she goes downstairs. And um, she finds Atticus, who's sitting in a room, staring into the dark, because obviously he's thinking about Gia from episode six, but we're not going to get into it right now. Um, mm -hmm. And um, then I, I'm like, I, I mean, you know what's so funny when I saw this scene? I'm like, damn, I am starved for intimacy. Because the way, <laughs> straight up, I was like, damn, I, I, I really should go get some. I really should need to go find myself a fuck buddy and stop playing around. Uh, because I mean, not know. I'm, you know, because the you way know. that uh, the way that uh, that Tick hugged her when he walked into this scene, like this nigga was drowning. I was like, I don't know why, but I'm like, I need but, that. But that's yeah. But the, but the thing is, is like that's. I kind of I I kind of love Tick and Letty's at least the way the actors um, emotionally express that relationship uh, is oh. You're good. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so should I pause? No, you're good. Good. Yeah. So what I was saying, uh, I don't know. I I really love uh, Tick and Letty's relationship. Like the visual, ex uh, the visual expression that the actors. Uh, uh user i mean i don't know just the way they emoted that relationship i don't know i i find it just very sweet like i, I don't know I, I just love it it's beautiful it's beautiful i, 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 I do love watching they and they do such a good job like they whatever chemistry test that they took um it's off the charts because they they yeah. just they do this really i believe good. it i believe it i believe the love i believe it's there oh no 100 percent um and journey smollett and um uh, oh, no, Michael, um, uh, John, Jonathan, John, Jonathan Majors, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Incredible. So, so, so good. Um, now when she, um, gets downstairs, she confesses that she had a dream about Tick's mother this morning and he guessed that the, uh, and she, and he guesses 
that the exact dream where she's standing in the Artem house being engulfed by flames. And you gotta understand, that's probably not a common dream. Like I'm falling down the stairs, I show up naked in my classroom, you know what I'm saying? This is very this is specific <laughs> shit. You feel me? So they realize they've been having the same dream. Mm-hmm. Um, well, almost the same dream. And he says that in his dream, she's trying to um, say things, his ancestor trying to say things to him, but he never hears her. And in Letty's dream, she's not saying anything at all, but she's holding a book and remembers in this dream, even though she doesn't tell Tick that she is, uh, that she's pregnant in a dream, it's okay. Um, she does uh, say that she didn't really have any fear in this dream. Mm-hmm. And then that in that moment they both realized that that ancestor was the one who actually stole the book of names now can you clarify for me because i think they said it in this episode and i don't know if i misheard it but letty and tick do they ha- share an ancestor no they don't share an ancestor listen letty's having these dreams by injection okay <laughs> um, I need y'all to understand that no no this is all this is all just tick's ancestry Got you, got you, yeah. knocked up, and now she's like, oh, I got to protect my seeds. So now the ancestors coming to her in her dreams, like, oh, shit, let's get this <laughs> together. That's what I feel. Um, gotcha. But, and it, remember, the Adam, when we're talking about Adam's pages, we're talking about specific spells that this white supremacist grand wizard organization wants, basically. <laughs> right? Cool, 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 cool. But that's literally what it is, though. It's literally a white supremacist <laughs> wizard organization. That's- <laughs> Like that, that's got magic, like the nightmares. The it's nightmares. pretty much like if Harry Potter had the Confederacy of Wizards, like that's pretty much. Oh, and when we finally get into that and start talking oh, about Oh, I can't wait to get into Harry Potter. Let me tell you, which I'm going to let everybody know right now. I am going to play Hogwarts Legacy. I, I mean, like, I mean. I, 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 I'm sorry. Spew was enough. Spew was enough, but I digress. Um, <laughs> it's like, I draw the line. You know what I mean? Um, and now, of course, Letty, uh, Letty is like saying, wouldn't there be magic in your family? And Tick explains that his mother was the only one that survived the Tulsa riots, yeah. at the Tulsa massacre that happened in 1921. Yep. So they realize that the book of names is actually still out there. And it's not just more spells, but the instructions on how to cast them. And they realize they got to find this shit. Now, <laughs> And, and they also realize that Christina is just after the page while Tick may, may be able to find the whole damn book. So they're they're very like motivated to get shit going. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to come to a scene that I got to take off my glasses for because it makes me very upset. <laughs> Montrose. Oh, no. Montrose. This, you, this you. was a, it, it's like the progression and then the setback of Montrose because it's like this episode I, I, this this scene, I mean, really just go ahead. I'm gonna let you. It, 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 it hurt my fucking heart. Okay, so we looking at the morning after. Our gays are glowing. Okay, um, they like you got Sammy is making a uh, breakfast for everybody. We hear music and shit. Um, and you know, I'm thinking we can have a pleasant morning, maybe, right? Um, and maybe it's just the Pisces in me, but you got to understand. Montrose obviously is not comfortable 
in his space, in his skin. And even though we had this beautiful episode where he had this amazing metamorphosis, like he's still not comfortable. And in this scene, we see it. So Sammy, Mm -hmm. like I said, is cooking breakfast and they just making conversation. They just saying, hey, baby, you know, you hear the music and the birds and shit. Mm -hmm. Everything's going so well. Then Sammy's just making regular motherfucking conversation, talking about how he went to go get breakfast for your alcoholic ass that don't eat nothing. All you do is drink, okay? Mm-hmm. He decided to go to the store and get you food. And he runs into this lady with this African scarf and he's talking about it. And he was like, oh, he's, and then of course Montrose says, and you can see his face just completely change. And he says, well, that's one of my neighbors. And Sammy's like, oh, well, she, he didn't see, she didn't see me go in, come inside here. You would think that would be the end of it. And when I say it is the Pisces in me, when I say I make breakfast for somebody and I actually want to cook for somebody and the fact that you're going to sit over my food and motherfucking complain, talking about the grits is too runny. Mm -mm. You know how I like my grits. That, yeah, Yeah. no. No. That, uh, once you're going to complain the coffee's too wet. It's, it it, it was... That scene, because he Montrose walks out, and at first, you know, they have their little banter, you know, and he's like, Oh, you're just trying to make a whole spectacle. I'm like, Oh, okay, you know, they're just having their little banter, I guess, as a couple. And then in comes Montrose, and but he says, in within that, he says, This is the first night you've stayed over. And then I'm wondering, it seems, I don't know, the show never explicitly says, but it seems they've been seeing each other for a long time. Now, I also understand the setting this is the 50s so i also understand you couldn't just do something like that or have an open really have an open relationship like that so i understand montrose's fear which makes me admire sammy's bravery all the more um but the fact that sammy is showing him love and just kind of just trying to have a relationship with him seeing montrose channel that fear and um resentment and Mm. i feel Mm. disgust that he's feeling with himself into complaining about the food is what made it such a hard watch because you know it's not about the food bro we all will know it's not about the fucking food like the fact that even when he came out and said about oh it's a bit you just made a big production because the first time that you spent the night Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie but again i may be sensitive I was like, bitch, how dare you? See, I see, maybe I'm insensitive, but I thought they were like, <laughs> I thought I honestly I just thought it was like, you know, just banter, like he was like poking at him. That's that's how at least it came off. But then once he sat down and I started, and again, such a great actor because you see the 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 gradual discomfort with the situation. And then that's when I thought, oh, so that wasn't banter. He was genuinely like, kind of like, why the fuck is you still here that type shit? Yeah, yeah, it was a dig. It was like, what are you still doing here? Basically is is what was- a hundred percent. Right. I was just thinking again, cause like I said, I'd be getting offended. I was like thinking like, um, <laughs> you spend the night cause we had an emotional, spiritual metamorphosis of a fucking experience. How was we supposed to sleep separate? Yeah, okay. it just don't it just don't work that way. I I I was very upset. So um at this point, you like like I said, you know, the mood has already changed, they're already like upset. And you know, Sammy decides, guess what? I'm not 
doing this. I'm not doing this for you. And I don't cook for too many too many people. And I don't go about people disrespecting my goddamn food because nigga, you okay. was eating alcohol for breakfast, lunch, and dinner before I decided to come here and give you some booty and help you survive. Mm-hmm. But okay. Mm-hmm. So he decides, guess what? I'm not going to have you play with me this time. And he said he's going he's gonna to leave. Montrose decides to grow a brain because you're letting a catch run out the fucking door. And then goes after Sammy. And of course, who do we run into? Tick God and, damn it. Tick God and Letty. It. Tick and Letty. And, and it's, it, it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because it was one of those, the situations that they got caught in was one of those where there's no way you could explain this what you're looking at in any other way other than exactly what it looks like which i mean mantras even had like the open shirt and this you know what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like he had the open shirt uh you know this guy's leaving his house presumably very early in the morning and it's just like so sir sir Sir, and like I said, he's oh, oh, shirt all open, abs exposed. That's what I'm saying. The abs, I'll, I was just like, okay, and I was yeah. just like, I don't know what age Michael K. Williams is. Why are I I'm not, I'm not, I would, I would, disrespecting the dead. Let me stop. Anyway, I would, I so, would sit on it, but you know, I'm not blind, I'm not blind. RIP, 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 yeah, you know, I'm so, and then. Letty and Tick is obviously looking at this scene, shirt open, holding his hand, trying to get him to stop. And um, Sammy slinks away. And now you've got Atticus staring in homophobic horror <laughs> at his father. All right. And, 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 and homophobic horror. You know, a, a really quick sidetrack to that because the homophobic horror just made me think of, have you ever seen that show, The Tudors? Yes, I actually have seen pieces. Okay, of- there's, there's, yeah, but so there's this episode where I guess one of the ladies in the castle catches these two dudes fucking. And when I tell you the most, so the, when she catches them, she literally starts like sobbing. I mean, Sarah Paulson, ugly sobbing. And like, you know, she, I mean, to the point where like she does the white girl thing where like she slides down the wall when she cries. <laughs> Like she like slides <laughs> down the wall. I mean, it's kind of like Stevie. Like Stevie Nicks makes people for music for people who slide down the wall when they cry. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, it was it was the sliding down the wall and sobbing, and she's saying, This is an abomination. And I'm like, wow, the homophobic horror is real. <laughs> like she's really, oh, yeah. I feel like she walked in on like a murder scene. Whoa, and- like <laughs> someone fucking died. Like I'm just <laughs> girl. You're gonna have to calm down. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, then, but that's how Ticket Letty Ticket Letty made me think of that because I'm like the homophobic horror. They oh, were oh, like, no, yeah, you, you could see. Uh, it. Yeah, they're no, like clasping the pearls. Yeah, like <gasps> I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Then of course he decides to call him the F word that's I'm not saying. Sorry. Um yeah. and Montrose. Montrose takes off the shirt like the old man he is. You know when like where you know where old black gay men really upset they take off their shit. They oh, absolutely, around. yeah, 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 yeah. And then, I'm still your goddamn daddy. But you know what? And and again, this is what I love the complex, not of just the writing, but of the deliverance of these yes. actors. 
because I mean, at the same time, Montrose is being such a piece of shit 0.25 seconds earlier to Sammy. But in that moment, I felt bad for him. Uh, It's especially as a gay man. And I know the pain that comes with and, and just internal rage that is not talked about enough when you're living in the closet, fighting yourself every single day. And he maintained this relationship, had this fake family, and his son sits there. His his son calls him a faggot. I mean, it's that calls him to question his fatherhood, his 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 manhood, uh, and and that's the thing. And and it's a double. It's kind of a double whammy here because also as a gay black man, it's an emasculation to be called a faggot because as a black man, as well as black men, we're ready to white men already seen as inferior. Now you're throwing in being a gay on top of that, which doubles down on that inferiority. That's especially not in that time, especially not in that time. That's why when Tick called him that it was just a dagger to the heart. But so, I mean, and and again, just uh, hats off to the writing and to the, to the acting. Because I mean, that scene was honestly just, Ooh. it was so nuanced. It was such a nuanced, such a nuanced scene that was really powerful, really well done, really well executed on all ends. And and, and I also, and, I, and like, what's crazy is like Tick stops and was like, did mama know? Yes, 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 yes. I was so glad when he said, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, because families, people, just just so you know, especially in these eras and in these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think he was able to accept that Tick may not have been his biological son? Absolutely. Just absolutely. And I mean, also too, Tick's mother must have known, not not even must have known, Tick's mother knew already we're living in a time of lynchings just for being Black. I mean, all of that aside, I don't think that Tick's mom would want to have seen Montrose lynched for not just being being gay on top of that. On top of that, like I'm sure she feared for his life. I'm sure she feared for his life, you know. And I think, and that's why, like you, I was so glad when he said yes, she yeah. did know. Because I think to me, and again, I'd like to imagine, I don't know, that she did it to protect him. And as I would even go deeper and to say that maybe that was the whole purpose of the relationship because in the 50s it was very very common for 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 gays and lesbians to to marry somebody who knew that they were gay and they would marry them for face and they would go on and have their own little you know love you know love on the side you know like that they would have children they'd have children they would they would write they to maintain the image right exactly of right and that's and that's what they did. So I kind of again speculating. I kind of think Tick's mom is possible that she knew way well beforehand uh, uh, that this I, was what's I going 100% on. I hundred percent believe that because because yeah. when we as we get into later episodes and we see like them um, uh, Tick's mom and Montrose and Uncle George's children, we see that they came out of the um, Tulsa massacre barely right. with own lives Mm -hmm. and i'm letting you know that those three people are family above whatever kind of interpersonal relationships that happened that tragedy bound them together forever so i a hundred percent believe that when she saw that montrose could be killed that something terrible could happen to him that she said i'm going to protect my brother i'm going to protect him 
You know, that's that's how I feel. No, now, I, I, I agree. Right. Now, now we got, as soon as, you know, um, Montrose says that, now the hetero confusion that just goes over Tick's face before he runs away like a bitch. Um, and then now you've got Atticus, who's now pacing in homophobia. He can't understand it. Pacing in homophobia? He can't, he, he's not, he's not dealing. He's not he's dealing just raging well with, with homophobia. Bro, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's not worrying. And, and I'm just like, <laughs> and he's like, just like, I'll be putting my dicks in holes, but those are the right type of holes. You know what I'm saying? That's not the right type of hole. Like he's, 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 uh. he's losing it. And then now we actually see the actual childhood trauma begin to set in beneath all of the bigotry and, and homophobia. And um, he can't understand. And I feel like the reason that he can't, he starts to talk about the reason why he can't understand it is because Montrose, you know, he used to whoop his ass so he wouldn't be soft. And now Tick realizes that the reason that his father was so violent with him was because he was trying to beat the gay out of Tick that wasn't even there. That wasn't there. Yeah. And let's dissect that for a second, because I mean, again, the nuances and nuances yes. within the writing yes. and, and these things. Because yes, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example, real life example. There was a guy, it was, this is the first guy I had ever slept with. Uh, I was like stupid over this guy. Uh, but you know how it is when you're 19 and you're like, that's really like your first, I mean, I was like my first like real like sex with like a guy. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like that was the first guy I like really slept with. Um, and he, we were both very like Christian at the time. You know, we were both women of the Lord. And you know, I'm saying this is right. So you know, woman of the Lord. And, but you know, obviously, I was deviating because you know, I was you know sucking dick, and so you know, <laughs> I, I, was, I was not on the righteous path. Um, anyway, so continue. Right. So anyway, so you know, we talked, and you know, he he lived a, a little bit uh, a little far from me. But you know, during our times, you know, talking, he told he opened up to me, and he told me that. His dad um, was a cross-dresser and his dad was basically pretty much like secretly gay and that his mom knew like the entire time. So like they were doubly down extra hard on him and his dad was even more hard on him. Um, and it makes me think of that with Tick. And it's like the dad knows that he has this inside of him and because he is fearful and resentful of himself, he's now seeing it in his son and is trying to beat it out of him. And in a way, in a fucked up, twisted way, it's like he's trying to save Tick from that same thing yes. that happened to him. Again, fucked up, fucked up. Like, it's super fucked up. But like, in its own, like, fucked up, like, reasoning, like, that, like that's, what's, that's what's going on there. And I think that that's just so, because you know what? You see that a lot. You see that a lot. I've I've met I've dated guys that and and I've seen their dads or come across their dads, and I'm like, oh, Lord, that seems kind of it's kind of giving one of the girls to me. You know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being totally serious. It's like, I'm kind of giving one of the girls, you know. But and it makes me think of that, and I think how how difficult and I I don't know like that how strange of a spot that's in you know to i um so the reason why like i i had to kind of pause at this particular part in the story um now my own my own father um 
was a very violent man. Like it was, he was, he was very, very violent with yeah. us. Yeah. And I remember one day, my, uh, my little sister pulled a, um, I thought it was just a regular sock out of a drawer, but uh, oh, kinda, I know the story. The sock kind of, the sock kind of stood up like this. <laughs> it's a water, it's a water bottle for those who are there, right, right. Um, and of course, um, I'm I'm noticing the the way it moves. I'm like, <laughs> it's a little floppy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, but still a little stiff. I was like, let me here. So when I finally put her somewhere else and uncover it, this is a nine-inch white dildo. Not nine inches. <laughs> Damn. I yeah. So so <laughs> I got other. So I then go ahead and I take this shit into my mom's room. I'm like, bitch, what the fuck is you doing? And then my mom was like, you think I would buy a white dildo? <laughs> And I was like, I, I, I mean, I didn't think so. <laughs> like, I, th- th- I, love, a- I love how the instant reaction isn't, you think that's mine? It's, you think I would buy a white dick? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's, that's the best part about this entire story. It's, <laughs> I would buy <laughs> a white dick. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> And then we really I have class, <laughs> yeah. And and then by the process of elimination, we realized. Well, think kind of who this is. And and I'm not gonna lie, for whatever reason, I felt this rush of relief. Because everything made sense. Yes, yes. Because I, everything made sense. Because I was like the one who actually like kind of came out as gay first. Like he found out that I had a, a trans boyfriend and he was trying to kick me out of the house. And you know, my mom, she don't know nothing about this. She was like, I don't know what's going on, but she's not going anywhere. You know, so <laughs> she's like, I- you know, it's funny. I was having on that, on that same kind of vein, I was having a conversation with my sisters. I read it maybe, this was last year in October. Um, all got together for my dad's birthday and, you know, we was chilling in the hot tub. I had a few drinks, you know, I was feeling, I was, I was in my feelings a little bit and, you know, I just opened up and, you know, I told her, I was like, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry for all the times I should have been a better brother to, to you and, and Christian, which is my, our younger brother, all the times I should have been a better older brother to you guys. And I'm sorry for you know, just being how I was, because I was kind of a dick. <laughs> but, you know, my sister, she, yeah, my sister's a Scorpio. Uh, I, that, she would, she would even hear a serial killer out. So I'm not surprised that she, that she was, she was, she was, she was letting me be. She would even listen to a serial killer and be like, I feel you. But, you know, my sister, it's just like, I get it. No, but my sister, she says, you know, don't beat yourself up because at the same time, now knowing and being older, I understand that you were also battling yourself at the time. And that's a really difficult battle. And I was really thankful she showed grace, but I, I and it's not even to throw a pity party, but I want to open a space or, or, or really make it known. People who are in the closet, it's like, it's a really 
really bad place to be in. It's debilitating. It's, debil it's debilitating. It's debilitating. And there was one time I had met up with my English teacher, um, still in contact, amazing woman. I love you, Mr. Abs, if you ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I had met up with her after I graduated. I must have been maybe like 20, 20 I was probably like 24. And you know, she told me she's she's you know we we went out we got we got dinner and she was telling me you know she's like I'm gonna be honest with you like I was scared for you and I was like what do you mean she's like because I just didn't know which way you were gonna swing you know she's like because with something like that like I didn't know what route that could have that could have taken you down you know yeah and I think about that and and I you know I just told her, I was just like honestly. I you're right because if anybody knew what was going on in my head at that time like I mean in looking back at myself and what was going on in, in my head at the time I mean it's fair that's a that's definitely fair I didn't know I didn't because I, I didn't know which way I was gonna go yeah. yeah I didn't know which way I was gonna go I honestly thought I was to myself I was like you just have to fight with this you're gonna probably have to fight with this until the day you die but nobody can know about this mm. you know <laughs> And yeah. yeah, that was, and having to feel what like that. Forgive yourself, my God. Yeah. yeah, and that was a, that was a very real, real thing for me. And I hated my, I hated myself. Like, I mean, hated myself. I, and I was, I was just miserable. I was miserable, miserable. And because of that, that rippled outward into me. And I was not a nice person. I, I, I was not, you know, um, and it, and it sucks, you know, uh, <laughs> having, having, having to, I guess, admit that, but, you know, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's something that a lot of people, especially since we do gear this to the black queer community, that a lot of, uh, people who may not be comfortable with, uh, with saying that they're queer, they may only be comfortable with saying that they're black because, well, shit, you can't hide that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I feel like it's going to be able to give people the space to be like, I know that there's an actual real pain that comes from that place and to validate that pain in a way that a lot of people won't. Mm -hmm. Even somebody that they're trying to date is not going to give them um, this deepest sympathy because rightfully so, they don't deserve to be with somebody who's going to stay in the closet. But at the same time, we can't pretend that that's not another blow to you that's already in the closet and can't do anything. And that's minusing out one person you could possibly be real with. Real with. Oh, do absolutely. You? And I know a hundred percent. And I mean, back when, uh, in my last relationship with a girl, uh, I was with her for three years and I mean, all around, I mean, that was in both parties. Cause I wasn't innocent either. That was just an overall toxic relationship, but one of the things and after reflecting after that relationship came to an end and you know I, I found my spirituality and all these other and started to really just do that difficult uh shadow work as some people might say uh the rage and the anger that I expressed a lot in that relationship really boiled down to the fact that I couldn't love her and I knew it mm. Mm. yeah damn yeah honest to God, like that's, that's, that's really where that rate, because that was just kind of like, cause I mean, we were able to have sex. We had great sex. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if she's ever listening to this, I mean, 
It, it's true. It's true, and you know it. But, it's like, but we did. We did. Don't we did. Lie. We did. Don't lie. lie. Don't lie. Like not all of the relationship was bad. Like there was some, there was some good parts. Okay, and the sex was one of them. But but uh, I I there was something that was just never clicking. It was it just was not clicking, and I never knew what it was until the relationship came to an end. And I did all this reflecting and all this deep work, and I realized that it was that it was I couldn't love her and I knew it because mm-hmm. and that and for me I'm a, I'm the type of person that my first emotional response to fear or being hurt is I get angry mm-hmm. it's it's not tears or you know what I'm getting saying because that's not something a lot of people can do I I did no I, I realized that it's like I get angry that's mm-hmm. my first response um and that's that that's what would lead to these to those really heated arguments and screaming and you know all these saying all these kinds of terrible things uh because it was coming from that place of anger but really the root of that anger was was fear and it was fear of you see you knew it all along you knew that you can't you don't love women like you know not that i hate not that i hate women but you know you can't romantically love yeah yeah. you know i can't i don't right I can't, I can't do that. And and I knew that deep down inside. I knew it going in. And in ways that relationship I used to try to prove it to myself, I thought because of the sex, I was like, okay, so I guess I'm straight because I, I the sex is good and, and I'm able to get it up and, you know, all these other kinds of things. And I was really Jedi mind fucking myself for a minute <laughs> with, with that kind of mentality. But the whole entire time, battling with myself internally secretly watching gay porn and you know doing things to try to find little outlets because this was a side not even a side this was who I was like clawing and trying to come out and I just didn't let it so I mean this episode and the episodes with Montrose I I sympathize a lot with Montrose because I do see myself in him in a lot of ways Minus the alcoholism, I actually, re- I actually relate in at least my past self. I see my a lot of myself in in Montrose, and yeah. so I, I guess that's what causes me to sympathize with him. I also think that for a lot of, um, especially for closeted black men who are, mm-hmm. are in situations like this, and then like you said, the anger just it doesn't. You, you do it here, you do it everywhere. It's gonna spill out somewhere. It's gonna spill out. It's gonna spill no, out. I, I I picture that kind of water like picture yourself holding like a punch bowl full of water and trying to walk without spilling any over and sometimes it yeah it spills over you know and 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 there's nothing that you can really um mm-hmm. you can really do about it and I feel like it was um something that I was really glad to kind of see um that struggle within the context of this show because I don't really that's not something we get to see on main screen mm-hmm. you don't really see that on things that are directed towards the mainstream audience. That's Absolutely. just something that's often. So Absolutely. I, again, just one of the more ways and just like, damn, I mm-hmm. doing the most in this show and I'm loving every minute of it. Um, mm-hmm. While, you know, Dick is breaking down and shit, uh, they have- <laughs> Pacing and homophobia, where we left listen, off. <laughs> yeah, pacing and homophobia, this is what he's doing. Um, <laughs> Letty has come downstairs trying to comfort this man, ain't no comfort in him. Um, trying to comfort this man and saying that, listen, I spoke to Montrose and um, your mother actually had a cousin and that's, that's still alive, that we can go visit. 
and thinking that, hey, she may have this book that they need access to. And of course, you know, this man can barely- Can I just say, whoever played that old woman, I want to give her a hug. (laughs) I just just want her to give me a hug and tell me it's going to be okay, baby. You bet. (laughs) I want I wanted to go ahead and like make tea and be like, go get the sugar, baby. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, oh, let me go get the sugar for Miss Jenny's. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like I don't know what, but she gave all of that. She, she gave all, all of that. I want all I think of every, uh, be my grandma. Like, please, please. <laughs> no, you be my grandma, like for real, for real. Like, please be my grandma. Are you adopting? Like. Oh my God. I, I 100% oh. agree. So now they decide that guess what? Now, hey, she's only a three hour ride away. Let's go ahead and do that. So now we flip to a scene where, where Hippolyta is actually taking Woody, you know, the old car on the road. Mm. Um, and she had called Ruby to make sure that she can stay with D. Um, and you know, D is in a terrible fucking mood. Uh, because you know, uh Hippolyte is talking about the checklist, and the checklist is something that uh D and Uncle George used to do. I was like, Ingenue Ellis, you knew better, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I you know, know but I kind of like, I mean, at first when D slapped at her, I was like, D, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, Uncle George. <laughs> I, I I I had to remind why, myself. Why are you being disrespectful? I'm like, oh, you're I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? My bad. You I don't know why I said that. I, and presumably this isn't that. much longer. Uh, like it hasn't been long since this right? happened. Like, so, it yeah. just happened. So let me let me be quiet. Well, how to keep it in, yeah. How to rein it in, yeah. Bruh. And then, um, now just as Hippolyta is about to take off, you know, she already told D, uh, sorry, she told Ruby who's taking care of D, you know, uh, Ruby's going to make sure she, that she's comfortable, all that good shit. She's about to pull off. And Atticus walks up to the car and see, and she sees him about to, uh, she sees him, see her, and the look on her face of disdain was palpable. I'm like, damn, Hippolyta, you're evil. I like, I, like, I almost wanted to bend over and hope you're not looking at me. Like, that was ridiculous. Um, and then Tick starts to question her and she said, uh, like, where are you going? So on and so forth. Like, I wanted to use the car. She's like, obviously you can't. Like, nigga, I'm in it. I'm in the car. You can't use the car. I was like, oh shit. I love and- when she tells her back up. <laughs> Yo, if that wasn't every black mama, back up. I was like, oh, Where's she said back up? I Yo. was like, ooh. I was like, oh my god, not Ingenue Ellis like trying to channel Tupac right now. I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo. And, and, and listen, and then she she was basically like, um, I'm sorry, did uh Uncle George go ahead and leave you in charge of the guidebook before he got shot by the sheriff, you say? <laughs> and, no, so get the fuck up out my way. Like right. back <laughs> up, right? Which is all they could do. So guess what? Tick and Lady got to take the bus. Uh, so well, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what happened, nigga. Right? They got to take the bus. Uh, Public transportation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you see, and and when Letty sees Ruby, because you know Ruby's standing right there. Again, if looks could kill, like I never want nobody to look at me like that. Oof. Yo, let me tell you something. Mm. Dagger eyes. Like I mean, just like you said, if if looks could kill. Bruh, like that hurt me and I'm just watching a show. So she, mm. now at this point, um, Tick decides I gotta go, I'm gonna hop on the bus and you can actually stay here 
looks like you want to go talk to your sister. So Tick is going to be on his way and Letty is going to go upstairs and go give a shitty apology. I'm sorry, all of the cute music you play in the background, don't make what Letty said sound that great. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Because when she went up there to go ahead and apologize to Ruby, I was just like, uh, it's a typical younger sibling doing fuck shit. And, but I love when Le Ruby was like, how many days after I left did you decide to give a fuck? Oh. Like, I was like, that it's like I, I knew Ruby was gonna forgive her because that's just what siblings it's do. What you're gonna do was the older you know, sibling. as especially as the older older sibling, you know what I'm saying? But you don't gotta make it easy. Like no, no. we, we, we gonna make you hurt for this shit. I'm gonna make you hurt for it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> at absolutely. least a little. Nigga, damn, come on, man. A little. Uh so and Ruby is definitely doing so. Uh, as she should. She didn't do it long enough for me. Um because I felt like, how are you, you good? You good? Okay. Um, so um, after Letty's lackluster apology, Ruby says, well, you know what? Um, Mom, I never heard mama apologize one day in her life. So maybe you and she aren't that good, aren't that the same. I was I like, bitch, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't, anyway. Um, so now we switch to Hippolyta, you know, on the road again, you know, uh, and she's <laughs> on the road again, <laughs> you know, not Johnny Cash. She's listening to some French music. She's speaking, you know, is I'm like, damn, she's so cultured, but no, she's, uh, you know, I put that in my notes. Actually. I was like, can we talk about how cultured Hippolyta is? Like, I mean, uh, we know she's intelligent, but now we know she speaks French. Like, so it's just like, this is a very educated right? woman, like a very educated woman. We had like no actual real clue like we had an idea that this woman was intelligent yeah 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 exactly idea. you they they made it like you can tell this is a this is an educated woman but like they really drove like they made you like we're gonna show you i mean no. educated <laughs> like a pedestal that this black woman deserves and thank you very much for give her all her flowers this episode absolutely honestly um so now like I said, she listened to French music. She says this beautiful black woman on a motorcycle. And even though this scene was so fucking short, just the happiness of Hippolyte. I know. I, I thought she was hallucinating for a second. I'm not gonna lie. I wish she was like, this is a dream because I don't even know. Is she, yeah, I was like, is she daydreaming or yeah, is no, she, but she was is this black lady allowed to be on a motorcycle in the daytime like that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different year. You feel me? So I'm like, I'm wondering. But no, um. So anyway, we go back to um, Atticus. So Atticus gets off the bus because, uh, you know, obviously they couldn't take the car. And we flip to Atticus sitting at dinner uh, with 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 one of his uh, cousin Ethel's friends. I don't know if we gave cousin Ethel a name. I thought I Ethel was her, her name. Oh, it's no, cousin I Ethel. Cousin, I thought it's. I thought it was his cousin Ethel that recently oh. away, and that was She's... her friend recounting like. Oh, 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 okay, got you, got you, got you. Uh, what so, was her name? Well, either way, I don't remember. That's why we gonna call her grandma. I don't have a name for her. Grandma, we're just gonna call her granny. We're gonna call her grandma, okay? Abuela, like this is where we abuela. are. This is abuela, yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, so she was saying that the cousin Ethel that that Tick has, they basically uh, made friends in church, and he started asking about the book of names, and Ethel says if there was anything like that, it completely got burned up in the Tulsa massacres, aka them white folks be fucking up everything. <laughs> um, just saying. Uh, never have nothing. 
listen, when I say it was just, it's, it's, and you know, it really makes me think too, just to take a quick detour. It really yes. makes me wonder what, what would our society look like today if that never happened? You know, things like that never happened. Like the Tulsa's, like the Lake Lanier's, like all of uh, the one in Central Park. I forget the name of that one. Um, just Rosewood. what would, huh? Rosewood, right? Like, they're, they're, like, like, I think, no, I think that's a, a separate one. Oh, that's another one. So many. Like, did there's you know? So many, oh, there's so many. Lake Okeechobee in Florida. Underneath there, there's a black town. Like Lake Lanier. Oh shit, I didn't know that. In Lake Okeechobee, where we, if you don't know, we both from Florida. But in Lake Okeechobee, (laughs) in Florida, underneath that is the remnants of Black towns. I had no idea. I did not know that. I had no idea. I was today years old. Listen, I was only two years ago years old. So it's (laughs) like, don't feel too bad about it. Um, So um, now we flip back to Letty is playing cards with Dee and some of her friends. And you hear them say that, I wonder when Bobo is coming back. And it makes me so sad to know that because Bobo we know is the nickname of Emmett Till. Yeah, I think actually in the next episode, she's at his funeral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw, yeah, no, that's, uh, but you know, okay, let's detour real quick again to the Mandala effect. Because does do you remember that that lady died? Because I do. The woman who accused Emmett Till. Yes. I remember she died. And there was like a whole thing about it's everyone upset because there's no justice. Yes. I remember like the social medias and everything. Like I remember like, but then I saw it's like, oh, she was instantly arrested. I was like, what? So what I'm wondering is, because I really do believe that bitch is alive and well and walking around. I'm wondering if she just paid somebody to go ahead and just like make people leave her alone or stop looking and say that she's dead. But then probably somebody saw her bitch ass walking around a grocery store with her black ass nurse who she probably disrespects. And she was like, oh, she's still alive and walking around, bitch. Yes, and by the way, I am not against taking old people to jail. I don't care if your mind oh, is- Oh, no, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I, will, I, will I will pull you off of your deathbed. Right. I'll, I'll, no, I'll roll you there. Here's I will the roll you, yeah, I will roll you there and put your ass in a cell. And then, like, I don't give a fuck. It ain't no thing. I won't even hurt I'll, my back. I got aspirin, I'm, I'm straight. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I will, I, I am not opposed to that. But yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about that real quick because I remember everything about that she died and she, there's no justice. And because I was one of the people talking about it. And then I found out that never happened. And I'm just like, what? Yo, I mean, listen, I... Uh... I can't even find anything about it. That's there's, the thing. There's, there's like a whole other theory that I have about Shazam and oh oh um uh when he played the genie in that with one sinbad yeah with, with sinbad. sinbad yes 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 with sinbad I just, yes i, just, I remember I that people go like i don't know it's because of my parents are from the island and maybe i believe in conspiracy theories like a little bit but just i a little bit, just I a little bit. remember i i recall i recall sinbad as a genie i remember that and I don't think I we've spoken about this before. No. <laughs> I don't think we've ever spoken about I don't about think we have. I don't think we have. But yeah, that's definitely one of those other just, weird just, ones. Just wanted to put out there, those things happen. The Matrix, deja vu. Like the cat. Okay. Just I, Okay. So 
So, so now um, Letty goes into the kitchen where Ruby is cooking and they start to talk about like where Ruby has actually been. And when Ruby says she's on the North side, Letty's like, is that with a white man? And I'm like, damn, that's really a black girl thing to say because we'd be like, in the rich neighborhood? Right, you think a white man know? <laughs> is, that, is that with Stanford? <laughs> Who is that with? Do you know what I'm saying? So, so um, and then, you know, Ruby basically tells her that to get out her business and, um, and that she got a big ass black man that's fucking her so she can concentrate on that. And I was like, that also would be my black ass response. So I love- I, I mean, it's kind of uh, hard. No. It's kind of hard not to, not to focus on Jonathan Mayers. I mean, I, that's- I'm just saying, because even if I was Ruby, I'd be like, bitch, don't you got enough dick? Like, don't you got enough? Like, I, I, you know what? I got to stop being bitter. I got to, uh, my, let me stop. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, um, then, um, you know, Ruby asks her to taste the sauce and we see Letty get close to the sauce and the bitch is nauseous. And we just like, is that baby? Is that baby? She said, she started to smell that shit. She went directly to the, to a room to go ahead and get some air so she could like not be nauseous. And she turns around and she sees the orrery. Mm -hmm. Because Hippolyta figured it out. Yep. Took it from the house and took it back to her house so she could go ahead and figure the shit out. Now, we flip back to Tick, who is uh, flipping through an old album that Grandma brought after she fed him. I'm like, oh my God. I know. She was just like, go and get you some more mac and cheese, baby. Like, and she, oh, I was like, <laughs> down, like, <laughs> I was like, let me stop. Like, I can't, I can't, like, I mean, the, All she was honestly missing was just like the little roll of fat over the elbow. Over the elbow, because that's how you know it's really good. That's how you know it's really good. Like when I say strive to cook, like I got that whole thing covered. That's how I strive. <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Anyway, anyway. So, so, um, then um, while he's looking through the album, Tick sees he notices that his cousin has a birthmark on his uh, on their arm and he has the same exact one on his back and mm. this moment the lady comes back with a phone call for tick and it's and it's letty telling tick that she found hiram's orrery and they realize that very quickly hippolyta knows 100 percent they're lying to her and that they know that she is uh, where she is headed and she's probably in danger and then of course we see Ruby spying for the spider back bitch. Ruby <laughs> in the corner of the room. Yeah, Ruby's on timeout this episode. Um, yeah, that was. She's on timeout, honestly, for the rest of the season. I love you with everything I have. I just, I, I just want to say, I, I could have did you better. I, I could still do you better, but anyway. But um. Oh, listen, without listen, Ruby, come over here. <laughs> Uh, you know I love you. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> so, um, at at that moment, um, we switch. Uh, we switch back to Hippo Hippolyta, and Hippolyta shows up to this abandoned planetarium with this huge, huge telescope. I said microscope, bitch. I don't know. Anyway, but it's a it's a telescope, and she actually takes the same key from the orrery, and she tries to use it on this much bigger machine at this ab abandoned planetarium, and of course, this woman again just 
brilliant. She's just starting fiddling with stuff and pressing she's buttons. She's fiddling with the machine and she just gets Listen. it to work. And, and it's it, just like, it's glowing and, the, and all of the things are moving just like the planets with the orrery was actually moving. And you're like, damn, she took the same equations that she got from the orrery and she basically put it into this big ass machine. And mm -hmm. that's, I was just like. Incredible, incredible. Incredible. That that whole little mashup of her figuring out the machine and figuring out you got to tilt the planets this way and figuring out all of that was just I just I just loved it. And I feel like I loved I it. I loved it. It was it was honestly it was giving black Indiana Jones like Bro, it was, like thank I was, you. I was like, was, she's going to just go and she's going to push something like that's this. That's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for like the trap doors. And, <laughs> It, when I, like it's just so good and like you just see her taking notes trying to see like the pattern of how the planets are moving and she's sitting under this microscope microscope going over all of these different equations and you realize this woman was supposed to be a scientist mm -hmm. that she was supposed to invent things and that just because of her place her race and her gender she was always going to be unnoticed and unknown so after all of her calculations she brings it back to the machine she starts implanting the correct code and then she hears voices and i'm just like oh shit i bet they're not black people um and she's and, and oh you know they're not i i was just like no the, the music has changed white people are coming um and and she hears <laughs> voices and we see um cops all of a sudden are st literally standing right there inside the planetarium and i'm just like oh my god oh my god i like i i'm 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 freaking the fuck out and they find Hippolyta and she's, they're demanding to know how she turned it on. Of course, they're asking her, like, they don't believe that she could have done it herself. So they're like, how'd you do it? You know? How did you figure this out? Yeah, exactly. Something ridiculous. And, um, and, uh, and Atticus, just like black Superman. Coming in to save the day. I love the way Tick just jumps in. Just, just, just mm, to, to my own T'Challa. Anyway, so he jumped through the door. So he comes in through the door. And when <laughs> I say, shut up. <laughs> I, was trying, I was like, I was like, damn, I'd be saying anything. But no, um, so um, then, you know, Tick comes through the door and we see um, that, you know, uh, not only is Tick here to save, uh, is here to save the day, that shit's not going well. Because um, <laughs> I just comes Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying so Tick basically comes out of nowhere and tackles one guy and the other one goes flying through a portal that has materialized. I love the graph. Hats off to the CGI because the graphics in this are incredible too. That portal that opened up was amazing. But what I wanted to touch on again was back to just this moment to give Hippolyta some more love on her genius. But there's a beauty and there's a tragedy to it at the same time. Because like you said, because of the place, her race, and her gender, she is always going to be overlooked and never be, can you, and all I can think about is I could not imagine like me right now as an author who writes books, imagine living in a time, or I just picture myself living in a time closest thing would be when black people weren't even allowed to read or write, let alone publish something. And I just think, imagine how it feels just having all of these ideas, all of these thoughts in your head, these things that you know would be brilliant, but you can't share them because you're not allowed to. And if you did, they would be overlooked. And again, especially because she's a woman too. And there's a song, I think it's called 
um, I think it's called uh, the goddess, the goddess sings. And in that song, she's talking about, you know, how women are more than what men think. But in one line, she says about men, the masterpieces you've created are many, but mine die of mourning in your kitchen and bed. And that, and then she says, and then she follows that by saying, how hard you've tried to impress me while I sat with your children on my knee. And that, wow. that, those fucking two lines, I like just, oh, I'm like, yo, yo, like. We making entrees, we not that's just. A, that's a, yo, like wild, but it makes me think of that. Hippolyta makes me think of that song. And it's like, to be a woman, just your ideas die you know everything that you want to do is dead like especially it doesn't be a black woman especially get, a black like, woman like, especially like, especially a black woman railroaded by white men who right. take ideas and make it their own what happens right a black woman a black woman at that at right. that yeah and so anyway i just wanted to share that because it, it no it made, I, I i'm glad i really am glad that you did um, so the the port uh, and again, like you said, the CGI amazing because portals is changing. A nigga got sucked dead out the room. One of the cops is gone already, right? Yes, I love how Tick threw him in there. So who knows where that cop is? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I want to believe. I just believe. I want to believe in my heart. He got thrown somewhere like uninhabitable, uninhabitable, like the prehistoric era. I, I, like I, there's I, like dinosaurs. No, no water. Yeah. Like, 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 you know what? Yeah. I hope you go into this space and then you have like cactuses that grow out your ass for no reason. Like, like, yes, absolutely. I was thinking of all sorts of evil places that he threw him as well. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Hippolyta picks up the gun and she shoots the other cop. Letty, uh, sorry, um, and now uh, Hippolyta and Tick are staring at each other in fucking horror because there's a dead white man on the ground. Now there's a, man, a dead cop, dead white cop. A dead white cop. Dead white cop. Yeah. I, I just jump. I would just jump. Uh, so, yeah, so. Listen, I'll take my chances on whatever's on the other side of that portal. I, I, my promise, God. You. I promise you I will. Um, and then as they're looking at each other in shock, all of a sudden, the same portal literally snatches up Hippolyta. And now this bitch is flying, flying through space. Which again, CGI. I mean, that whole sequence of her flying through like time and space and everything like beautiful. was beautiful. No, it was beautiful, beautiful, okay. beautiful. Oh my God, the awards. Like, beautiful, like yeah. Emmys or something like that. And As I just, it should have. Had to be for this. Somebody better have. had to see this, this magic. I'm sorry. Um, and now uh, Hippolyta seems to be standing on this very barren planet, looking up at this shit in the sky that looked like an animated forehead. Like, I have no idea what this bitch is looking at, but I'm like, oh no, girl, you need to go. And then I'm like, bitch, you want a planet? There's nowhere to go. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I ain't even got advice for you. So it was, it was, just, I was, I was very torn. And then, um, Hippolyta um, starts um, to starts to call out, and we all know, like whatever's going on is not okay. And we see these two very huge robots that are walking up to her, and then all of a sudden, lights flash, and she is in this white room, butt ass naked. <laughs> and then we get this other like version of herself that 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 comes into the room, bruh. 
which I'm so glad that you said that. A hundred percent, another version of herself. But yes, it was. It was. Um, but um, this version of herself basically walks into the room, and I just also want to say. Ajahn and Ellis, I want to appreciate in this space that this is probably a very difficult scene for you to film. Um, I also want to say that it was something that I appreciated as a woman who is not small to see your beautiful black body in this mm-hmm. scene. To go ahead and see that, like, I, it's not something that we see often when it's not being made fun of or it's not mm-hmm. a caricature of something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to see this black woman be able to sit in this essence and not be demoralized or masculinized or have the fat phobia come out of all spaces. And I didn't read the comments when this episode came out, so I'll hold that for later. But mm-hmm. at the same time, at least for me to be able to see a, another black woman who is near my size, I just wanna say thank you. Cause I know that must've been one of the most nerve wracking days because I know that for me, I'd be shitting bricks mm-hmm. <laughs> to be that naked and exposed on mm-hmm. set like that, sculpted mm-hmm. or not, you know what I mean? Um, and then body not sculpted by what the Kardashian era, era has done to us was another beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so she looks down at her arms and you see that she's got these little square things and there's purple glowing shit like, underneath it i'm just like nigga what did you do so i I, i'm i'm so scared for her and and um then it almost looks like a battery pack like a purple battery pack underneath there and then she finds a jumpsuit she puts it on and then of course the version of herself this big ass lady when i say the fro she came into that room i was like damn bitch i'm supposed to be scared of you but you are guy you feel me like Mm -hmm. (laughs) She comes in with the biggest afro that I've ever seen. And Hippolyta is asking a lot of good questions. Uh, you know. I mean, well, second biggest afro because there's that like goddess figure at the end that she sees. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That one wins. That she had wins. the biggest afro. <laughs> no, no, no. She 100% wins the award. This is just the first, <laughs> the biggest one in this portion of the episode. Um, and. Um, and, and like I said, Hippolyte is asking a lot of good questions. And then, you know, she's based, and then uh, Hippolyte is saying, yo, you can't keep me here. And this big ass animatronic lady is saying that, yo, you're not in a prison. And this chick, uh, the, she uh, goes ahead and exits, closes the door. Hippolyta is begging on the door so hard that you just see blood on the door. So you see this woman really trying to get the fuck out of mm-hmm. here. And now Hippolyta is now trying to figure out where the hell she is. And she starts to really think critically. Uh, in a moment, I was just like, damn, is she going a little crazy? I'm like, nah, that's just the brain. That's just no, the brain. and I put that in my notes because what I love, again, about Hippolyta is she immediately goes into problem solving mode. And yeah. she's telling her, so she's like, remember, what, what did daddy tell you? He said this, the, 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 and this has to be the equation for this. So then that means this and this and this and this. And she's putting together all of these really complex mathematical theories together. And it was just, I, I loved watching her do that. Like she- Under duress. I'm like- Damn. Under duress. Under duress. When I would have been booger crying in a corner, like not knowing <laughs> how to get out. Like, Yo, 
fetal position, rocking back and forth and singing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yo, did you, I just got kidnapped out of space, bitch. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I don't know where I'm at. Like, you doing math, nigga? You brilliant. You brilliant. brilliant. I, I, I don't even brilliant. know what to tell you. I, I'm, I'm sorry. So, you know, after I realized soon that she's not crazy, that this woman is just doing math and science out loud, <laughs> And she actually starts to break apart pieces of the room because she's trying to do more investigation. And um, mm -hmm. as she actually starts to break apart the room, she finds a way to open the door. Big homie right there. Big, big, big homie is standing right there with Afro. She's just like, <laughs> uh, that's not how this is going to work. And she was like, that was super cute, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, honestly. So uh, Hippolyta demands to basically let go again. And homegirl says, you're not in a prison. And then she says something else. She says, name yourself. Mm. And Hippolyta starts to laugh. Like, bitch, what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, very human reactions. Like, bitch, what? Like, uh, <laughs> What am I supposed to name myself right now? <laughs> And then uh, Queen Hadassah, like, oh, Queen, not Queen Hadassah, shut up. Um, and um, she says, uh, and then the um, animatronic lady is basically saying, where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Just name it. And Hippolyta says, I want to be dancing on stage in Paris, in Paris with Josephine Baker. With Josephine Baker. Mm -hmm. Which let me tell you again, we know from episode one, I love period pieces. I love specifically that so decade. For you. That <laughs> decade. Oh yeah, which I think is the 1920s or maybe the 30s or 40s, but that whole little pocket of period, I love. So, and and to see that time period, I uh, was just such a real treat, but not just that, it's the black take on it, which is what makes it really fucking just uh, such a treat to watch. I just want to say, and this may be um, diverting a little bit too much, but one of the things that I love about you as a writer is how detailed you are when it comes to writing a period piece. And I just want to say, I would love to see you write a period piece where all of these aesthetics were used, but almost in a steampunk era. So bringing it into like 2400 or 2500 something. I don't know. I thought about that the other day and I was just like, well, I am. <laughs> It's not it's not steampunk, but it's definitely going to be uh, set in the 1920s in New Orleans. Uh, so excited. OK, I'm yes. No, I'm def that's definitely up there in uh, up to, to to be to be announced, but definitely uh, on I my mean, list. I, trust I, me, trust I, I me. be guessing shit, nigga. You see how smart trust I am? Me, like, like, she's so prophetic. <laughs> she's prophetic. <laughs> I be, see, I be seeing shit. Anyway, this is so, knowledge uh, you absorb when we used to walk barefoot on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> as the first Jews, no, let me stop. No, no, let me stop. As the true Hebrew Israelites, we are the pure, the first house of Judah. No, um, so she, so now that she has been transported to this stage she literally is transported to this stage in Paris and you could see her by the way these beautiful house outfits that they have beautiful. on. beautiful like I'm telling you like I just 
Oh God, just that everything. Yeah, the visuals. I was just, I was I just, just the feathers and the bow. Uh, I, like, I yes. am a whore for this whole look. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's Don't just, even know what to say. It's so, so over the top. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So she's walking mad confused on stage because she don't know the steps. She literally transports herself into the middle of a show. Bitches is like, move over. You I don't mean, have I, the right step. Uh, I would have just started cabbage patching. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I pro- listen, it would have been all, <laughs> it would have been all Tootsie Roll and then a little bit of sprinkling. Oh, not the sprinkler. You know what? Maybe I would have thrown in a pop lock and drop it. <laughs> with, and then end with a stanky leg. Can't tell me yeah. nothing. Can't tell me nothing. Anyway, so flawless, <laughs> so, flawless, flawless performance. Bruh. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, well, by the way, she's just not doing well uh, on the stage right now. <laughs> yeah. She's having Joseph- a rough time. Bruh. Then we see Josephine Baker actually come on the stage and Hippolyta is absolutely starstruck. Bitch, I am also starstruck. I was starstruck. I- like, I mean, the uh, actress they chose to play her was... It was, was it, it was in her voice. It was in her yeah, voice. and everything was, and everything. I, I, I and she actually has more African phenotypes than than Josephine Baker actually had. She did. She did. I, and, mm-hmm. and and it was just I'm like just I'm like bitch you, I drink your bath water too. I'm such oh, a horse. No, That's another bitch. She again uh, eight eight down eight down. That was just so fucking good, and um she basically. She basically gets knighted the Apollo, right? Uh, because <laughs> she's not doing well. Josephine Baker is doing her thing. And they're just like, bitch, you fucking up the background. So they finally just go ahead and exit. <laughs> and um, the next thing, um, uh, and the next thing you know, Josephine is giving her tips on her moves. By the way, she also took off her top. Everybody, there was titties everywhere. I couldn't even. The fact that I, I I had to rewind this so many times to get what they were saying because I I didn't I didn't see. She I was didn't... lost. She was lost, y'all. Like she was just seeing I, titties I, coming out, and it was a wrap. I was just like, <laughs> I, I, I am a good girl. Like I wasn't even. It, it like it was weird. I, I was just like, damn, I got to rewind this so I can actually hear what they're saying. <laughs> and and I real and when she see, and when they get off stage and you see Josephine Baker actually trying to give Ajnu Ellis uh, Ellis's character Hippolyta all of these new dance moves and everything like saying like just to be comfortable and it was so fun because it was like everybody else was like bitch I can't believe you here and Josephine Baker was just like loosen up you'll be okay in that jazzy voice of hers I'm just like ah and I love the way they used to talk back then yeah that dialect oh my god it's fucking everything mm-hmm. yeah um, and now we're seeing, now we go ahead and we move to another scene where we are looking into this room. We're seeing all of this queerness that goes on backstage. Mm-hmm. He's getting to know all of her moves. You see her, I was just like, I bet Hippolyta was knocking some bitches down backstage, bro, because it looked like it could be that type of party. Now mm-hmm. I was um, I was like, not Hippolyta getting some coochie cat. But um, listen, I, I, me too, shit. Uh, and she said, and to see Hippolyta not only accepted, but respected when you see Josephine Baker and her have a conversation and Josephine and her having our, our one of those nights. And she says, on nights like this, I burn so bright, I feel like a star. And Hippolyta says, you are a star. And Josephine says, no, no, not like a movie star. Anyone can be that. Me, I feel like the stars and the black of space, magnificent, ancient, and already extinguished. Mm. Like, 
Huh, huh. Ah, 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 okay. Mm, that. Right, it was, it was, it was, it was literally fucking everything. And then Hippolyta is now like, I'm finally tasting it, freedom that I've never known before. She says, I know what I was robbed of back then. All those years I thought I had everything I ever wanted just to come here and discover that all I ever was was the exact kind of Negro woman that white folks wanted Wanted me to be. Yes, that, I wrote that in my notes. She says, I wrote that in my notes. I feel like they found the smart way to lynch me. Without me noticing the news. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yo, like, nigga. Oh my God. Like, I mean, I, oh my God. Like, it, 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 I was, I was just like, like, we only like, what, 30 minutes in? Bitch? Like, this I was, was just, no, nah, like, it was really like, I mean, yes. I, again, I keep applauding the writers because, I mean, this was just because us as writers, right? As, who is a pop published author knows <laughs> that's where the real story comes from. That's where it comes, and that's what just this show is so rich. Uh, just, I mean, in I mean, just that that bit of dialogue. By the way, love the little cameo of uh, Frida Kahlo, uh, who made a. I I saw repeat, that I saw that. Frida Kahlo up there, yeah. um, and I thought that was a. Uh, especially since it being a period piece and her being in France and knowing that Frida Kahlo used to travel there, I thought that was just mm -hmm. magnificent, magnificent. Just, just, just the little pieces that just make it that much more great. It was, it's, it's amazing. Um, so then Josephine says, "Doesn't it make you angry?" And mm. and uh, Hippolyta says, "Furious." And sometimes I just want to kill white. I just want to kill white folks. That, when she said that, I was like, mm -hmm, you know. <laughs> you have to be a part of this demographic and not just this one specifically, but a colonized demographic mm -hmm. that is still facing oppression today that needs to understand the absolute helplessness that you walk around with on a daily basis mm -hmm. because you know that you doing something could be your death and you want to get to tomorrow. And it makes you think, is getting to tomorrow that much more important? That's what it really makes you think. It was not even a month ago that I was driving and I had a blue pickup truck come up to my side door and be like, fuck you, nigger. I'm gonna fuck you up, nigger, as he stands next to my door and yells at me. Now, oh obviously God. he was one of those men who looked like from, you know, like the movie, The Hills Have Eyes? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that I'm one? Getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting like turkey neck. Like you know, the, like... Listen, one eye was lower. It was weird, but it was, listen, listen, but no, no, no. But he he was he was like going off so on and so on. I'm sitting in my car and I'm at the stoplight and I'm thinking if I were to run this light and get pulled over, do you think that they would believe me when I said what the fuck happened and why I felt like I had to move? Mm -hmm. Or would I be just going home with a ticket and a racial and, and, and a racist? And it's, not, it's, it's not even would they have believed you, it's would they care? Would they even care? 20 minutes down the road from me, two black, oh, sorry, three black women, I believe were just arrested in Westminster 
after having a fight with a white man who hit them first, he got a ticket and those three girls were sent to jail. Um, it didn't matter they had witnesses. It's so crazy because I was watching this thing about, um, uh, oh my God, what was it? It was like, basically like the way, it all stemmed from this girl saying, this white girl saying that um, she doesn't, she doesn't, if she sees any man walking towards her, that she's not going to get out of his way. Like he, like he should move for her. And so they started a discourse and there was a discussion and this guy brought up the point that a lot of this is rooted in white supremacy because it's coming from when white people were walking around, if you were black or a person of color, you were expected to get out of their way. But not only were yeah, it was the law, but not only were you better have gotten out of their way, but if they spoke to you, you had to listen to them when addressed and you had to be as least aggressive and um, visibly expressive of any emotion as possible and pretty much just essentially just lie down and take it. And just lie down and take it. Just lie down and take it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, like, there was a story recently that I saw on Sean King, Sean King's Instagram. I think I sent you the video. I am not sure. There was this uh, Black girl uh, who was a security officer at a hotel. And it was her and I think, like, a Latin chick. And this drunk white guy comes to find out he's, of course, a part of the military and the Marines, mm. walks in all drunk and starts trying to pit a fight with her, so talking about, oh, I know what hood you're from. I know what hood what? you're from. Yeah, bro, I'm just like, sir, what are you going through? Like, this feels this feels odd. The, his, the Latin chick gets in front of him and says, sir, I need you to calm down. I need you to leave. This man pushes her with full force and the black chick is like yo you just fucking assaulted her if you don't do if you don't leave it's gonna be a motherfucking problem and when i say he said i'm not leaving and tried to swing her she beat his ass with a lamp good she beat his ass with a lamp when i said there was like blood puddles on the floor i was like where's her cash app where this bitch's cash app Where's her GoFundMe? I want to go because she left with injuries as well. And the reason why it made me like so happy to see that is because so often you see black people in these fucking situations where they got to be calm and they got to, and then mm -hmm. they're congratulated for mm -hmm. being so fucking calm. And when I say that's one of the things that makes me go crazy, mm -hmm. like, I wonder if that's why I don't have eyebrows. Like, have I picked them out because of stress? <laughs> Like it may like you know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 it's fucking it, it's it's insane to me. And it's like why why I love in the moments where you're actually able to stand up for yourself mm -hmm. and actually say something and not have to kowtow to the system just so that you're not looked at as an enemy and shot on sight mm -hmm. as the automatic violent one. Mm -hmm. But yes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just had to. Sorry, that was a lot. My bad, guys. No, no apologies um, necessary. That was just all facts. Listen, um, so then um, after she says, I just want to kill white folks, she says, it's not just them. I hate me. Mm. I hate me for letting them make me, make feel, me feel small. And I feel like people don't understand that type of anger. 
where you're not even mad at the white people anymore. Mm-hmm. You want to tear you. You want to internally strangle yourself. You want to literally tear your hair off from the roots because of that type of helplessness. It's why I get so upset that when I'm angry that I cry, but it's usually like I have to shed tears instead of catching charges. So this is the only way I'm going to be able to get any of it out. Like when you're so angry and you just start crying, uh anyway mm-hmm. no um, i know exactly what you're talking about just, that... Just that feeling of being small <laughs> was very visceral for me when i heard it oh yeah absolutely i mean immediately the i mean aside from just all of the colorism and bullshit that happens within the latin community what it was really for me growing up was being afraid of other men um and when they would call me shit like you know calling me faggot and stuff like that or gang up on me and things like that it's scary and not only is it scary but you feel really small and that's why when she said I hate them for making me feel so small like I felt that I really did because that was part of my anger too like I really let these 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 men make me feel teeny teeny tiny like I was nothing Mm -hmm. you know and yeah like that's why you said like that that type of anger that's a special kind of anger i i i think think it was james baldwin who said to be black and conscious is Mm. to be in rage at all times Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes i love that quote i love that quote because it's true it's true it's true you can't know the oppression. You can't know about the redlining. You can't know about the the erasure of self and the land that's been taking from us and telling us to push up, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. But then when we do, you drop bombs on us. Like like that like like the social contract that mm-hmm. has been written is constantly broken when it comes to black people and power on a Mm -hmm. regular basis. And we are expected to swallow that bitterness as if it is a meal that we should be happy for. You should be happy for that you're getting the bare minimum. You're getting fucking table scraps, be happy about it. Yeah, it's- it's, It's 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 a different kind of rage. And I really like the fact that they actually shone a light on it in this moment. Mm -hmm. Because even Mm -hmm. if you're white, uh, or hopefully a person just happens to be white. But um, whenever that happens and you're able to watch these things, you will, because of how good the acting and how good everything is, you may be able to get just a piece of what that is, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I love it so much. And um, whoever they had played Josephine Baker, her voice made my body do things, but I digress. Oh, incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Josephine says to her, what are you going to do with all of this anger? And um, she says, I am Hippolyta. Yes, so I what are you going to do Hippolyta. about this, Miss, Miss Hippolyta? I, I am Hippolyta. She just, like when she starts to yell it with so much force, it was just, it was like, I like the feeling of literally feeling my spirits be lifted. It was, it was, it was a crazy. Because experience. it's, I, the, I am me. Like I am I, like, it's just like I, and that's what makes this episode title so powerful. I am, I am. And I mean, when she did makes that declaration there and she's like, I, you know, Josephine tells so what are you going to do, Miss, Miss uh, Hippolyta? I am Hippolyta. Mm. You know, she, it was that moment. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I mm. am Hippolyta. 
that is who the that is who the fuck I am and I love that because it, it, it it's very reminiscent reminiscent of those times where you just find yourself in just this terrible dark space this dark place and you finally remember who the fuck you are that part you know what I'm saying like it's just you remember who the fuck you are right 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 nothing bitch talking to to yourself be like bitch who the fuck is you talking to about to talk to your inner self like this after all this shit that you went through reminding yourself exactly of who the fuck you are that is that that that, that's the the fuck you are and not just that but taking it deeper there into who you come from we come from a people that were enslaved that were beaten that were lynched that were segregated that were oppressed that that were, that were treated as the bottom of the barrel. We come from a lineage from a people like that of ancestors who bore the weight of that. So who are we as their descendants to say, I can't? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's who are we to say, I cannot do that? Mm. And, and that is what makes this episode just so powerful because it's just remembering who the fuck you are. And not only just that, but who you come from. And where your power and what your power is and the yeah. fact that it still comes from within that you are the power that you walk around with and you keep on trying to find it from external sources and you don't know better enough to pour into you so that you know exactly what your potential is going to be let mm-hmm. me tell you something on a regular basis when i say a nigga has been slept on And when I started to actually drink the Kool-Aid and Mm. believe the bullshit, like I wasn't who the fuck I actually was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up. Listen, listen. So when she says I am Hippolyta for uh, this time, she ends up in this uh, space and Uh, we are looking at these African tribes and you see that she is completely dressed differently. And um, she she has a knife in her hand um, and she gets hit in the face real hard with the butt of a sword. I was like, ooh. Mm. I was like, well, damn. Um, And then there's this tribeswoman who is speaking and she says, I will tell you why you're here. You're here because you did not believe them. Your whole life you were told that you were free. And what they meant was that you were free to cook their food and to raise their children. They Mm. even lied to you and told you you were free to run the world. And at this point, Hippolyta tries one last time to attack her and she completely blocks the knife and continues to talk. But it is still their world. You are here because you knew. You knew what they offered was freedom that what that only a well-kept slave could ever ask for. Mm. And she says, I cannot tell you what real freedom is, but you have to find it for yourself. But today you are still too afraid to go looking, but I know we will strip that fear away from you one blow at a time. And I'm like, no, get the fuck. Mm-hmm. I get the fact. I was like, okay. I should turn into Warrior King real fast. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, bro. I was before Warrior King came out. Like, I like, like, I was like, did this walk so Warrior King could run? Like, Is this what happened? I feel like this may have been the beginning. Was this the inception? <laughs> no, for real though, because 
And then I just want to say that I love the fact that I'm seeing, you know, Ingenue Ellis, Hippolyta going through this metamorphosis. Like Mm -hmm. we got episode, we thought episode five was about metamorphosis, but I'm so glad that they took the time to give Hippolyta this type of transcendent episode. This was metamorphosis. Uh, this like, was this, metamorphosis. This, yeah, like I know. The, the first one was the the definition, and this was the story. Mm-hmm. That is like mm-hmm. the definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just like I just really love the fact that this is what I'm seeing, and just seeing Hippolyta fight and sweat, just in the same way we would see her uh, cracking down equations. Seeing the fact that there was so much power within her, within her, in all of these different fucking spaces, because I am. I am. Mm-hmm. was everything to me and um and like uh, Hippolyta um going going through all of this training just seeing this th- th- just this one time lapse was just amazing and Hippolyta is um uh, at the feet of the queen and then the queen bestows upon her a headdress that is fit for a warrior mm-hmm. that headdress was ah uh, uh bitch and 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 like the fact that they decided to play uh fire by mother's finest is playing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. to drop that little bit of rock right now and i was just i like, loved it my little like light light fm soul was just living for all of this shit like it was ridiculous not life fm <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm listening. a little phil caller i wanna know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for the phone call. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, Listen, he did not need a snap for that Tarzan soundtrack, but Bro and Tarzan is not. You know what? We're not gonna. We're not. We're not even gonna go there right now. We're not, we're, we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. It's too big of a conversation. But Phil Collins, you're an evil motherfucker for having me go ahead and listen to the whole album because the shit slaps and it was very upsetting. <laughs> anyway, um, so, <laughs> um. Then, um, then, then the fact that remember just before this, she was talking about the anger that she felt and that she wanted to be able to kill white folks. When I say they had her finally, she they had her killing the right ones. She's actually fighting the colonizers, the colonizers, like literally in mm-hmm. real time in front of us. Yeah, and it gave me everything that I fucking needed. Um, that scene was everything I didn't know I needed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Everything and I as, didn't know I needed. Yeah. And as Hippolyta is stepping over the vestiges of war, she turns around to her other warriors and she said, "We are here because we would not believe them." Mm, I love that speech she gave. Uh, it was amazing. No, go ahead, please read it. Read it. Um, we would uh, They. Uh, we are here because we would not believe them when they told us that our rage was not ladylike. We did not believe them when they told us that our violence goes too far. We did not believe them when they said the hatred that we feel for our enemies is not godlike. They say that to women like us because they know what happens when we are free. Free to hate when we must. Free to kill when we must. To bring destruction when we must. That is our freedom. That is our prayer. No matter what they think of us after we grind them into dust, that is our love. Mm. 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 No, like, no, like, like, <laughs> listen, like, I would have, I would be, they would, that shit would have came from my edges if I had any. Like, <laughs> like, like that, the way, 
<laughs> Man, like, happy, but you can have these too. Do you see you what know, I'm saying? Like, yeah, like listen, like I like that. I everything like just chills, like just chills on chills on chills on like that. And it just gets better. I mean, the last what like 15, 20 of this episode, I mean, really just the uh, fact that you they could put so fucking much. Mm-hmm into the last 15, 20 minutes because mm -hmm. they had already taken me on an emotional fucking roller coaster. And the fact that there was like, like at this point, I'm like, wait, there's more? I thought it was gonna be credits. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, no, and then there's more. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, I wasn't prepared for there to be more. And then you see uh, Hippolyta take off her headdress and she says that I'm Hippolyta, George's wife. And when she said that, I was like, this is a request. Mm -hmm. He finally was able to go through all of these pieces where she couldn't feel strong or powerful or sexy or mm -hmm. smart mm -hmm. or yes. all of these yes. things. Yes. Like she was finally able to go through all of this. To be all these parts of herself, yeah. yeah to finally explore exactly yeah. all of these different parts of herself that have never been fed to get to the end of her journey and say, I am George's wife. I feel like when people, when, when people are asking for a woman to be submissive, not only is that rooted in a lot of shit that I can't get into in this one episode, but also I don't think you know what it is. Because mm -hmm. even when we talk about just sex, being submissive, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. it's a gift that's given and acknowledged and not only is it just acknowledged it's exalted it's mm -hmm. venerated it's worshipped mm -hmm. and I wanted so badly to see her in this moment when she said I am his wife when she when you see her transcend and be in his bed and she's like what are you looking at uh george freeman i love how she yes and i love how she used that moment to go back and see george before we get into george though i do want to just really quick what i loved about that last sequence of when she was in her warrior mode was people talk about female rage and let me tell you something i love female rage i love seeing it i love watching it i love feeling female rage but this is one of those this is one of the paramount differences between white female rage and black female rage and the white female rage often revolves around basically i kind of want to do what i want and you're not letting me versus mm -hmm. versus black female rage which is rooted in just all of this all of these experiences that warrant rage that is that is there's no way to express that there's no way to let out and so being able to see hippolyta express black female rage i thought was a sight to see and a rare one because we don't get to see that often and that's what made it so special if ever if ever honestly can we even think of a black rage? Or if ever. Yeah, honestly, if ever. If Can ever. We, like, are we really going to take Foxy Brown and say that was a black rage movie from back no, in the No, it, it wasn't. I don't it wasn't. That. We can think of so many white female good for her moments were in an example of, of female rage. But I, you're right. I don't think we've ever even actually seen black female rage expressed and what that looks like. And 
I think the closest that we've ever seen to it is Set It Off. Actually, I haven't seen that one. So, so well, listen, well, now we, we not, don't be making me feel old uh, on the internet, but it's okay. Uh, so, I wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's never on purpose with you youngins. But, no, <laughs> but I, um, I feel like Set It Off, which, you know, was starring like some of the, the some of the heaviest hit, hitters, you know, you've got Kimberly Elise, uh, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett, Vivica A. Fox, before Vivica did all that shit to her face and shit. Like, uh, when I say that that was, because that, that was um, not just a movie, I think people kind of just took it as a hood movie. Um, but I feel like that was the first time we saw Black women get, getting so fed up with capitalism, getting so fed up with not being able, constantly hitting that, uh, that brick door, not being able to get out or get anywhere. And that's why they ended up robbing banks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, spoiler alert, they all died uh, because, you know, that's how that happens. But, right. at the end, but at the at the end of the day, I feel like that's the closest we've ever seen to it. And they still had to go ahead and mire it in crime and, mm-hmm. you know, them get, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much that Black women deserve in reference to their rage, but that was the pebble that they kind of gave them. And I was just so glad to actually see it. To actually see that. Yeah, absolutely. In the the only other one aside from that I can think is Diary of a Mad Black Woman. But that <laughs> that's the only other one I could, that's the only other one I could Are you hungry? So why don't you get up and make yourself something to eat? <laughs> so he was sitting in the bathtub and and he was blowing the bubbles. <laughs> And she's smoking the cigarette, watching him, and she's just the eye roll. She's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and 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 it's and as funny and comedic as it was, though. It was. God, how how cathartic though. I mean, how cathartic. Like, I mean, it was still so satisfying. And as as poorly <laughs> listen. Tyler Perry, I, I have <laughs> a, a serious bone to pick with you. I don't know why you do the wigs that you do. I don't know why. I feel. Do you sew them yourself? Anyway, but there's there, like like, I, and I'm just gonna let you know that last one was it called Grace Under Fire? Great something something about Grace. The last one mm-hmm. that you put out. When I say that bitch's wig was moving, it was like <laughs> watching Ray J in a scene and watching his hat just go in different directions. The wig was over here. The wig was backwards. You got niggas in the background pretending to eat food and shit. And the thing is empty. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're like Tyra Banks. We was rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny as fuck. Sorry, I had to, I had to, I, you just mentioned Tyler Perry and I was like- I, I mean, the thing is, is that the moment you said Tyler Perry, I was like, the wigs. I was, <laughs> <laughs> That's we were, Tyler Perry. Tyler right. Perry, yeah. We poor Tyler. I mean, poor Tyler. I would say poor Tyler Perry, but I mean, honestly, I mean, he he got when, when you use wigs that bad, you deserve to be made fun of. Like, like with the budget. But then you see, I realized at first I was just like, well, with the budget, like, God, like, why are the wigs so bad? Especially if those are all part of the cast. But you know, but you know, considering the fact that. He, I realized that all of the money goes towards his wigs. 
is is, is what he's like no one gets a better wig than right exactly he's like no my wigs are gonna be brazilian lace front like um, jamar moore's wig and just start picking at it to make it all that shit in the front is that what happened listen i know what you did now we know what happened it's okay um so oh my god Oh my God. So um, now, as we were saying earlier, um, Hippolyta has um, transcended once again after saying that she is um, that, she, that she is George's wife. Um, mm. And that being and in that moment, being George's wife was enough after mm-hmm. all of this. Um, George, uh, so um, she says now they're in, end up in bed together in the very first scene um, that we've seen in Lovecraft Country. And she says, what are you looking at, George Freeman? And he says, my wife. And I'm just like, oh, I'm black up. But, oh, um, I know. I'm in Anyway, um, and in this moment, you could tell that Hippolyta and, and George really are best friends. They are. They are. They genuinely enjoy each other's company. You know what and I mean? It's it's very it's very it's very obvious. You know that they actually enjoy each other. You know, you and know, that's she's so excited telling him about all of her experiences, um, and, and how she figured out the equation. And yeah, like in regular relationships, you'd be like, I don't want to tell this man this shit because he's gonna think I'm crazy. No, no, no. They're best friends. So she wants to tell him everything that's going on. And then she was saying that she can name herself anything. And George says, after all of your adventures, you still named yourself my wife. And Hippolyta, um, at first, I thought had a strange reaction until I completely understood it. Um, I accomplished all of these amazing things and I did so much. And in that moment, she was realizing you've only seen me as your wife. Mm. Um, And the look on Hippolyta's face was of resentment and like this deep, deep disappointment. Mm -hmm. Like the disappointment was so much deeper than the resentment was. It -hmm. was like she was expecting more and she looked so crestfallen in that moment. And Hippolyta explains for a long time that she thought she was sad or that something was missing, but really she was angry. She was so angry because for so much of her life, she had been shrinking. He said, she said that when she was a kid, she thought she was big enough to name something that was completely out of this world. And after she realized that wasn't the case, she started shrinking herself. And then by the time she met George, she was already so small. Mm-hmm. And she thought that George saw her completely and that she knew now how and then she knew how big she wanted to be, but instead he just stood by her and let her shrink herself more for him. And at first, George was trying to defend himself. And then I was so glad that because like a real, like a real black man, like a, like a person who actually loves their partner actually was able to see what he was doing and he said, you know what, you're right. I helped mm-hmm. you shrink because you were safe at home. Remember, they have this guidebook that they're tra- like, the, like honestly, literally trailblazers, literally people who every time they go out for their job, every time Uncle George could come home, he could be dead. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. Trying to find safe places for other Black people to go to. 
So of course, in his mind, he wasn't helping her shrink. He wanted to keep her safe, mm -hmm. but he was able to realize like, unlike a lot of people, that it didn't matter what your intention was. It was the action that happened. And he said, I, I did help you. I did help you shrink because you were safe at home. And he says, I see you now. Mm. And I, I want you to be as big as you can be. And she says, I am Hippolyta, discoverer. Discoverer. And, uh, when they hold hands, they are she takes them to like Mars or wherever it is uh, that they are. Yeah. Officially transcendent. Okay. And um, they're on a different planet planet, and she is dressed as Orinthia Blue, which I think is so beautiful that she wants to be her daughter's character. Yes. Um, and because remember, she can name herself so she can be anything. And she can be anything. Show. She could be anything. She, she All I could think after that scene with George, like the moment it jumped to the next scene, I was like, mm. yes. Now that's a black king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, see, you take that kind of slut I am. Okay, see, I knew he was here. Of course, he was of course. I was like, that's that's a good man, Savannah. That's a good man. That's a good man. Yes, exactly. Child. So, <laughs> and and um, they're they're looking at all of these little aliens, and everything is coming straight out of Dee's comic book. And uh, suddenly she is being visited uh, by this extension of herself, Miss Girl with the Afro, uh, who just 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 look at all kinds of slay all the time. And she says, um, "Oh my God, that that like goddess figure that which I'm assuming is was Hippolyta's higher self." Yes, um, I agree. Was, so. I agree. Yeah, her higher self was there because I assume it was also that was also her as well too, right? I, I, th that's something that I believe. I think that when yeah. she um, when she was um, moving through these time zones, that she that with that first person that she met, the the that magnificent Afro, that they were pieces <laughs> and parts pieces of, of her, from, yeah, from the uh, from the future. Um, that's why she kept on saying like, "You're not in a prison," like she like as if she knew her. Like we know each other, but you're not mm -hmm. in prison. Mm -hmm. you just have that's why she finally said name yourself tell me who you are where you want to be so i 100 percent agree that that I is i almost feel like she went i almost feel like where she went was inside of herself mm -hmm. like that place she was in Damn. that white room i feel like was like her own mind like her own it's it, 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 in a way like it in was the saying, matrix the construct right in a way mind. it's yeah in its own way it was saying you yourself are the prison you think Ooh. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's I think that's why she was telling her, you're not in prison. Like you are in you. You're seeing it as a prison because you you think it is, but the reality of it is, is you could be anything, anybody. Who do you want to be? Who are you uninterrupted? Like Christina asked Ruby in that other episode. I'm so glad you said that because I think the theme in this episode is looking at a black woman uninterrupted 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 said, um at please go read bell hooks um it racism wastes your time mm -hmm. where could 
where could Hippolyta be if white people had not have wasted her time? Right, She right. decided to name her first fucking um, star. Mm-hmm. Like, let's think about it. Where would she be if she wasn't in this space where people were just out of their going out of their way to waste her time? Uh, and- going out of their way to waste her time, yes. <laughs> and to see her fully uninterrupted I feel like we were only got a taste of that with Ruby because it was mostly kind of the superficial outer things that um, Ruby was looking for because black women, well, they, we, we not getting that now, but they certainly wasn't getting it back then. <laughs> um, so those little things were enough for her and to see Hippolyta kind of stretch out beyond all of our imaginations saying that I can have it, not that I just want it, that I can have it. Because but I, I could be it because I am exactly because I am. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was really everything. I was, I loved it. She went through, she was able to be her intelligent side. She was able to be her, you know, sexy, beautiful side. She was able to be her, her warrior, her fighter. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like all it's the like, facets of what we are. Right. And the then she got to, right on all the facets of what we are. And then she got to be. George's wife. You know what I mean? And then finally at the end, she was Dee's mother. And I love that. I love that because I remember my padrino said to me one time, you know, you have to realize your parents are people too. And we kind of get caught up in that as children because it's like, yeah, it's your parents. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you're my mom. Like you are my mom. But yeah. We also forget our parents are also people. And I really enjoyed seeing, being able to see Hippolyta, who was a wife and a mother, be able to explore all these other parts of herself (laughs) because yes, she is a wife and yes, she is a mother, but those are just fragments. Those are just parts of the human being, the whole divine being that she is. And she got to experience that. Thank you. The facets, the levels, the nuance. And 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 I think we were so used to seeing Black women, especially be maligned or put in boxes. Mm-hmm. You're the, the you're the cute best friend, or mm-hmm. you are the magical Negro. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for right. being short in your amazing portrayal of the Oracle in the Matrix. Um, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, we got to cover the Matrix. Oh, that that but um, but we've constantly seen black women in these spaces where we're only furthering somebody else's story or their lives or their passions, and to finally see in a space where we see a black woman able not to just overcome because we see black women in movies being strong all the time, but be able to be full in their softness, mm-hmm. to be able to be full in their warrior, to mm-hmm. be able to be completely full as a wife. Mm-hmm. and knowing that all of these things are the same person mm-hmm. and they're the same person they're the same person i i i i absolutely loved it and like you said in the at the very end where she you know she was talking to uh her facet of herself and she's um her facet of herself lets her know that she can go wherever she wants and hippolyte is like i really can't go anywhere but the one thing that I need to go do now 
is go be D's mother because it's go be D's mother, right? Because that's what she needs right now. Isn't that the most beautiful part? It is. It is the most beautiful part. That is what she wanted. That's what she wanted to live everything. She had a chance to live everything. And but because she actually had a chance to go ahead and live the pieces of herself that have been laying dormant for God knows how long, but now she's able to go be her full self as a mother. I don't. I I did. No, it was incredible. It was incredible. And that was was basically the. It was incredible. Well, we ended. We ended. No, I was going to say we ended with an incredible monologue um, from Sun Ra. Did you uh, did you get that down? No, that was the one thing that I, oh, I, I, I got mean, down I, and I was like, oh, I fucked this up. Oh, so, no, it's okay. I, yeah, no, I got it right here. We ended with an incredible monologue, um, which I can't do it justice to. I'm not sure if that was Sun Ra uh, really reading herself. Um, or someone else. Or someone else, but whoever read that also fucking ate because like, I mean, my God. But we end that with, uh, again, from Sun Ra. This is but from a piece she wrote called Space is the Place. And it opens, it goes, for so much of my life, oh no, wait, oh, just kidding. For it opens and it says, I'm not real. I'm just like you. You don't exist in this society. If you did, your people wouldn't be seeking equal rights. You're not real. If you were, you'd have some status among the nations of the world. We are both myths. I do not come to you as a reality. I come to you as the myth because that is what black people are. We are myths. I come from a dream that the black man dreamed long ago. I'm actually a presence sent to you by your ancestors. Ooh. I really oh. am such a baby because I'm just like. <laughs> the tears, I know the tears. Tell me the first time I watched it, I mean, I was in one of those cries where you're not making any noise, but the tears are just pouring out of no, your and your and no, your mouth is just hanging open. Yes, yes, yes. And the mouth is just open. <laughs> yeah. It was the same thing. That was me the first time I watched it. It was just the mouth yeah, open with the it. tears coming down. And I and I think that the reason why it is even um getting me emotional is because again. We do not get to see this. We don't get to see this. We get to see Black women in their fullness, being able to be be in their soft girl era in order to be, be angry, to be in their warrior, to be all facets of themselves. And I remember um, there was a poem by Stacey Ann Chen, who is a, um, a Black Jamaican uh, poet. Hmm. And I remember in one of the lines in one of my favorite poems, she says, I want to be your bad example of a lady. Oh. And it. Oh, I love that. It, it, like, I got to show you her work, by the way. I it, love that. It, it, it was one of those moments where I was kind of able to encompass that feeling because whatever you thought a lady was, I am so much more. I'm more than that. And I'm more I than that. Like, I mean, I want to kind of close this. <laughs> I kind of want to close this by giving the the floor to you, Sid, because I feel like this is a very, this is more of a, it's more of a you episode. I mean, <laughs> just no. I mean, that whole everything, that whole monologue, just all of this. How does 
how does that make you feel as as a black woman? I, I think that um, I feel like I've I've kind of been in this space for a long time, especially I was born in '87. So mm -hmm. I, I, I grew up in a space where we were looking at certain black people do things, but not everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're seeing black people um, coming up and through in the, in, in the 90s and in the 2000s. And it's like, we're breaking um, milestones, but not that much mm -hmm. or never enough. And mm -hmm. it's like, I've always been made to feel, especially by uh, white people or just society in general that I'm asking for too much, mm. that I want too much mm. and that what I really want can never be given to me. And when I see episodes like this, I think it doesn't matter if it's given to me, I can take it. Mm. I, 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 it, it was something that, especially when you see um, black women in these particular roles where you're able to see them be their full selves instead of having one stereotypical uh, personality or relationship or the sidekick or the wise witch or whatever. No, you're seeing a black woman fully as the star and in every single dimension that she could ever come in. And it made me feel free. And it made me feel free. That, mm, straight to the heart on that last part. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautifully said. Wow. Oh, but now to get into, I don't even think we got to ask this question, but <laughs> to get. <laughs> right. Our most, our, our favorite part of the show, the most magical Negro moment. Needless to say, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious uh, who our choice is, Listen. Christina. <laughs> Tony was trying to upset me on purpose, y'all. I need you to say like, He was just like, listen, she's been punching the air since episode one. I know that I could go ahead and make her completely blow a whole gasket right now. Stop playing with me. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hippolyta obviously takes the episode. I oh, mean, yeah. I, there's no, no argument. There's no arguments on it. No, and, and, and I think that's the most obvious. I mean, not for nothing, but I think Hippolyta, huh? I said, no, it's obvious that it's obvious. Uh, Hippolyta takes it, right? No, abso absolutely. But like, I mean, after this episode, I kind of feel like Hippolyta takes the whole fucking show. Oh, like, no. I, you know, like, even at the end of the episode, of episode ten, we gonna be like, so who was the uh, magical Negro of, no, of the whole no, show? We, we gonna be like, yo, Hippolyta. Yeah. I, I, my, I kind of put my name in the hat for for Hippolyta. I don't know, like that's. I, I feel like we're a hundred percent on the same side. Like I, I think I, she might I, steal the whole show. Yeah, that's that's. that's I think I, she I, might I win. Just most magical Negro of Lovecraft Country, Bruh. But who do you think is the runner up for this episode? Honorable uh, mentions so obvious. <laughs> True, because I mean, there's no, there's no competing. Honorable mentions, I would say, I'm gonna give it to that old lady because that mac and cheese looked fire. <laughs> <laughs> Not grandma. I'm gonna give it to grandma because grandma. <laughs> because I'm a second helping of some mac and cheese. I did pretty. That nice is magical. And let me tell you something. I can't. <laughs> For this next Thanksgiving, because let me tell you something. When I say I'm gonna throw down in your fucking kitchen, but anyway, no, we gonna uh, throw down in the kitchen. I right? like don't don't play with me. Like listen, it's gonna be both of us but, in there. But I am bringing the mac and cheese. I'm gonna be the old aunt on this one. 
That's what I do. But yes. Teach uh, me. I will learn from you. <laughs> you're so stupid. But no, anyway, but I I I can honestly say that uh, you know what you gotta you know what you gotta show me how to make collard greens. Cause I don't know how to make them good. You know what's so funny? So we gotta find another black person. So listen, listen, I, I make Kalaloo. <laughs> oh, Kalaloo. Mm-hmm. I know how to make Kalaloo. I need to go find somebody to help me make collard greens. Because, <laughs> no, straight up. Because, because what, and like, cause even like, okay, so the way that um, Trinidadians make Kalaloo, they make it with coconut milk. Mm. I grew up with the way that they do it in Jamaica where you just make it with like broth and shit and mm-hmm. you put like fat back and all kind of things inside there. Mm-hmm. But like, as soon as I, like, so I, I just want to say, yo, black people, the fact that we were able to take some greens and do the fuck that what we do with it and every part of the diaspora. Thank you. It's true. In every part of our diaspora, I mean, we took the scraps. And let me tell you, we made that shit fire. Let me tell you, have you ever had some culture? $28 for a whole thing of oxtail. That's what you got me doing now. I see you. It's okay. Inflation is real. Um, So if no objections to uh, Grammy taking honorable mentions, I mean, I'm gonna just kind of leave it at that. I don't, I can't think, I can't think of anybody. You can't compete with Hippolyta. Like this was just no. this was this was far too much. Like she kind of she kind of set the bar pretty high, y'all. Like I don't know. Like that's talk about taking me on a fucking journey. I just on a want journey. That. Like this was an amazing episode. I cannot wait until we get into the next one. Can you believe that we only have three? We're almost done. Left I know. I of this know. season, like it's gonna be done. I'm I'm kind of sad, but. It's okay. I'm um, a little sad. My I'm a little sad myself, but um, we will be as a final send off. Lovecraft Country is only ten episodes, ten episodes, but we will be ending our season with an e special eleventh episode where we are going to be reviewing Toni Morrison's documentary on Netflix. Um, so definitely looking forward to that one. And I mean, that's that one's gonna be that, that one's that's that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be beloved gone ahead and and t- snatching white bitches wigs from the beginning have you seen her <laughs> interview have you seen okay, okay. I, I actually have not and i kind of i i classy I way and the way that she's just snatched draws off people i i i like i love it i love it i love everything about her but i am i i really am just <laughs> i feel so blessed um to have this podcast with you now to be able to have a platform where we're going to be able to even review more stuff. I just want to let y'all know, we don't want to do this without you. We want you to help us choose what we're going to be reviewing next. I'm going to be having two polls on this particular episode where you are going to help us choose who, what, uh, what, uh, what we're going to review next for our next season, mm. uh, as long as with uh, who's the magical Negro. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, <laughs> that's, hey, again, like Sid said, we couldn't do this without y'all. And I mean, we're so thankful for the platform that we have and for the listeners that we have and uh, engaging with y'all as well. So, I mean, if you have any suggestions, uh, anything that you, or a, a book even, uh, doesn't even have to be a show or a movie, we will read the book and we will talk about it. So if you knew, know anything that you want reviewing, you let us know and we will we will definitely be doing that. Um, we dedicate. But, 
Okay, we dedicate it. I just want to let you know we we well, listen. We're committed to the cause. This is for the culture. All right, this yeah. is for the culture. This is a, this is not, not about us. This is a, this is for the culture. This is not even about us no more. It's a movement. But no, it's, not. it's <laughs> a whole movement. It's a black nerd movement. So, I, uh, with that being said. Thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us on this episode. And trust, like always, we will be back next week where we will dive into episode eight called Jigaboo. Uh, so that's good. Yeah, right. What an episode name. Uh, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at Not Your Magical Negro Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Serious Side Books, like Serious Side, um, like Serious Black from Harry Potter. How about you, Sid? Um, you can find me at Brujita Sid Noir on Instagram and I'm coming up with a better TikTok name. So to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> to be announced, to be announced. And on that note, everybody stay black and stay magical. Peace people. Uh, what about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now.